0: Welcome back movie fans, this is the podcast Sequel suck and I'm your host Cable Brandon Sage and we are talking the movie Halloween ends, I almost said kills, no I mean ends and with me on the line as ever reliable, a little bit late, Angus Brown.
1: Yeah, I was, I was putting my kids to bed uh, if you want to know the real <laughs> truth, uh, anyone listening and um, they just, they weren't into it, they didn't want to go to sleep tonight. So, so then uh, being
0: on the roof shooting at helicopters is not a true story.
1: It's not entirely true, but it's I also <laughs> not very far away from where we were. So, hey, it's a good thing I'm here at all. We'll see. We'll see how far I get into the episode today and, before someone comes in. And Michelle,
2: mm-hmm. we got your triple name today. Very special. Oh yeah. Well, I
0: don't know why. Yeah, that's interesting. Yes, mm. just flowed better today. I don't know. And introducing. The guy that he's replacing Sean on this episode <laughs> <laughs> and probably is maybe even more qualified because he's worked at Blockbuster, Video Easy and was it Movie Destination?
3: DVD Destination.
0: DVD Destination. Sadly, he did not work at Civic Video. No. Regan Wood, how are you, mate?
3: Good. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm very excited to be here. Talking about uh, Halloween ends
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it There's four of us And I feel like, uh, you know Without knowing everything I kind of feel like there's going to be A two versus two scenario Mm -hmm. here Okay So it's it's exciting to discuss this movie Because it is, I would say From what I've seen online Very divisive And it does feel like When you talk to Halloween fans It feels like this is the Last Jedi version Of the Halloween (laughs) franchise Anyway, I'm rambling on but let's. Uh, how long ago did we see it? Because I felt like I saw it in the first couple of days it came out. Michelle, I think. You, yeah, definitely. Did you go first. Well, did you? Did you download it or did you?
2: I streamed it. it. I watched it on my phone, like Top Gun all over again. Yeah, see, you I just, watched, you watched, oh,
1: you watched it horrible. on your phone. Yeah, yeah. this,
0: that's the this best is
3: way.
1: So. On your see that I don't. I re, any like assessment you have of any film that you watch <laughs> on your phone. Like we're just gonna knock like forty percent off. I yeah. saw Top like,
2: Gun Maverick after watching Top Gun on my phone.
1: Yeah, but you saw Top but Gun that's Maverick. Not what you shouldn't be saying that with the Prime. drive-in on a proper <laughs> cinema screen. You didn't watch Top Gun Maverick on your phone.
3: No, I think if I you, you watched Halloween Ends on your phone. You're not allowed to comment on the cinematography. <laughs> oh, the, I don't do that anyway. Sound way. in any way at all. Or the
1: score, not... which is which is about ninety-five percent of this film is the cinematography, <laughs> the sound and the score. <laughs> Honestly, like <laughs> if we're breaking down what they did this time around, it's a very, very different approach to Halloween and Halloween kills. Honestly, it feels like it's all it's all just a bit of history repeating where we, we get into the first Halloween movie and people are like, this is the fucking best. And then we get in the sequel and people are like, I don't know about this. This is uh, just kind of gross. And then we get to the third one and people are like, this isn't what I wanted. What the fuck is going on? And it's, <laughs> we did this already. We did this in the, the 70s and the 80s. And we're back right at the exact same spot again. Minus Tom Atkins. Minus Tom Atkins. Yeah, I, it's a damn shame. Other honestly, my breath are... was held the first time I saw it. I was like, come on. Come on, it's not just like just a drunk in a bar. How hard could it be? Just like you're some woman somewhere hitting on women. Yeah, some woman orders a drink, mm. and she's just like, "Hey!" And she turns around, and there's this old guy grabbing her ass, and she's like, "God damn it, doctor!" <laughs> and then they walk off, and you're like, Do- "Doctor, no." Is see it, that that would have been
0: per- that would have been perfect because we actually had the Nick Castle um, cameo in the, the party at the bar. Yeah, it would have been perfect to have Tom Atkins at the bar, and then. The silver shamrock thing comes on the TV to replicate in that movie Halloween being on the TV being advertised.
1: Well, it would have been better to mean. have Tom Atkins play the sleazy Dr. Chalice doctor yeah. that is in this movie. Like you've already got a Dr. Chalice character, just it have was, it. But
3: there's plenty of um, uh, you know not age appropriate women in that movie for him. Absolutely, <laughs> um, but I, I I would have been happier honestly if they had a remade season of the witch. I would have been happier.
1: They certainly didn't hide the fact that. It was it was in his brain. I mean, the first and most glaring thing about it is the credits mm. in which the, the font of the titles is the season of the witch font. It, it's mm. not even like a subtle thing. It's like, no, Halloween ends in the font of Halloween 3 season, The Witch. The other thing is in interviews, David Gordon Green's been going around saying that in every single version of the draft, including the shooting version of the script, the final one that he was ready to go and shoot at the end of the film. Uh, there was a shot that took place in a factory that was producing Halloween masks, and as like that zooms in, you see it's producing the witch and the pumpkin and the the skull, and you see the Silver Shamrock logo. And then after it does that batch, it starts producing the Michael Myers mask coming out of the machine, and Silver Shamrock is making Michael Myers mask, and he was always like, yeah, I want a shot. Silver Shamrock factory, we're making, and then he hasn't said why. But he's like, yeah. Then when we got to filming, we didn't do it. I was like, what the fuck, man!
2: <laughs> I would have liked it so much better if that had happened.
3: Is yeah. it relegated to, to to deleted scenes? Do you think? Never shot it.
1: Never, never shot, shot, it. shot he it. He said, yeah. Okay. He said that it was in the script, and then they got to filming, and they just never filmed it. And there's no in every interview I've looked at, there's no further explanation as to why. I don't know if it's budget or time or somebody tapped him on the shoulder. And was like, no, but it. Uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> it feels like it would have been a very we cool nothing? thing. Come on. Yeah, it feels like it would have been a really cool thing. I feel like it's it's already starting to to bubble, and there's, there's probably not any point like skirting around it. But I feel like Cable is right. And half of this this group did not enjoy Halloween, and so why don't we whip well, around and actually? We know Michelle didn't, but why don't we say what our actual opinion? Michelle, what did you actually think of the movie?
2: I enjoyed the opening scene, and then it was just all downhill from there.
1: The opening, like up to the the credit with Corey and the babysitting, mm-hmm. and then credit, and then that's it. That's the Pretty only. Pretty
2: much yeah.
1: Great, mm-hmm. good. Oh, all right, <laughs> succinct Regan, <laughs> Regan, what did you think of it?
3: I had a. I, I, I thought it had started really strong as well I was like oh, okay this is this is going to be interesting and then it kind of it does the same thing that the Rob zombie one does uh, uh, you know more so in the second one the, the Rob zombies Halloween 2 it tries to humanize this monster and Michael Myers is a, is a unfeeling unspeaking you know completely mute automaton that goes around killing people and I was saying to cable before it's scarier if he's just some suburban kid who snapped I mm. don't need to find out where he came from and what his background is and in this time like this particular film we get the same thing but it's Corey who we're 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 following and it's his story and you're trying to sympathize this guy who ends up being i don't know robin (laughs) to to michael (laughs) myers batman and and then it it sort of does a disservice to I, i do like the idea that michael would be almost infirmed like he he would be in his 60s at this point um that he is not as strong as he used to be, he took on an entire town, whooped all that ass, and then had to go into hiding to to repair. But the fact that this this little kid who's who's you know built like a jockey's whip can trounce him in a in a sewer and steal his mask, it just takes away a lot of the power of those characters. And they do the same thing with Laurie as well by having her all of a sudden become from what we learned in these last two Halloween films, Halloween uh, twenty eighteen, Halloween Kills, of this completely insane uh, uh, person bent on protecting herself and those around her from the possibility of Michael Myers to, Oh, I'm totally cool with it. I'll leave my doors open. I'll cook a pumpkin pie. I swear in front of my granddaughter, I'm cool nanny, you know, that kind of thing. It's just like, who are these people? This isn't, these aren't the people I came to the party with. All right.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's a, that's a very good uh, summation of, of where the characters go in this one. Cable, what did you think?
0: I didn't hate it as much as everyone else is. Haiti on it, but I do agree. There's some issues there, and there's you said it was such a good op- opening, but I was like, where is this going? And then I felt like some of the character motivations were a bit off, didn't make sense. Um, and I think I think a lot of it wasn't clearly defined. as stuff was still maybe ambiguous enough that I think that's why people don't like it because they're like, well, is he? Yeah, okay, he's getting older. He's in a sewer. He's you know really struggling for every kill he's getting stronger is oh that kind of i think makes sense but then it's kind of like that's not really uh, still a bit murky and then the whole cory thing and it's like well, who the fuck is this kid Corey? why is he called Corey? what why is he a kid from the 80s in a movie in the modern day i don't know like give him a different name why is it Corey? it's a stupid name i'm sorry um I don't no know.
2: Offense to all our
0: listeners named Corey. No, no, but I think it's that Corey's a very unique name to that time period that I think is not like, what was his parents smoking? They must have been watching Corey Feldman movie when he was born or something. I don't know. I even thought, I, I didn't like, I didn't. Corey Gillis? I mean, that was, yeah, that, yeah, that but that long that's 25 yeah. years ago. What are you talking about? 55501. Yeah, it still, wasn't <laughs> still wasn't the 80s. It was the 80s where Corey, yeah, but shot. he would have been, anyway, shut up. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I like i I kind of enjoyed the ride, I didn't hate it, but I, I I totally get where Michelle and Regan and all the people online are hating on it because i can I get it because it was a weird finish to this trilogy that I think started with a lot of promise. And sort of felt like it, like we discussed on the Halloween episode quite a while ago that I feel like I hope they had a plan, but maybe they really didn't have a super rock solid plan. I feel like this does feel like the Disney Star Wars trilogy all over again. And I was like, we've got this great idea. We're going to make a trilogy, but we really don't know what we're doing. We'll just make it up on the go for each movie and anyone can do what they want. And it's kind of like that. Because I feel like this Corey stuff should have been introduced in the last movie. Well, no? I think
1: that's that's probably like one of the fundamental uh, issues that this film is going up against is Halloween 2018, unlike Star Wars, it wasn't like we're relaunching a Halloween trilogy. It's we are coming back 40 years later to finish the Halloween franchise once mm-hmm. and for all in like a way that fixes so many of the problems that fans have with so much of what came before with all the the druidism, with all of, you know, people who got annoyed by season of the witch, by people who are like, is he superhuman? Is he a zombie? What is he now? Like, how is he not dead? Like if you say, okay, well we get rid of that. He'd simply killed these people on Halloween, went to prison for 40 years escapes and comes after people again. It simplifies things. And it means we can like capitalize on this franchise, make him an old man. Don't have to reboot again, bring back Jay, all these great things that, really made the 2018 version so good it's like we got jamie lee curtis back we've got nick castle back we've got john carpenter doing the score we've got all of the elements that really made the first one so good only this time we have the added layer of laurie has been suffering for 40 years in this kind of self-imposed psychosis and we get to see what happens when somebody who never got over You know, it's kind of like when you see somebody in a horror film, you know, one of the extras who gets slashed but lives, and then the movie follows the main characters. like, what the fuck happened to that guy? Like, does he ever get over it? Well, it's like, all right, let's follow Laurie. Did she get over it? No. And I feel like 2018 was a brilliant idea that people spent a lot of time figuring out. And then money. And then money came along, and they were like, oh no, this made so much money do more. And I think what Halloween Kills always felt like to me was the leftover bits from 2018 that they didn't know where to do with them. Like there was a pitch meeting, they're like, What if like Michael just like fucking goes crazy and, like murders a whole bunch of like cops or firemen or something and he's like crazy super strong like yeah 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 oh, actually no that doesn't really fit because he's not superhuman, so that would be great in like Halloween six, not this. We won't do it. And like, oh what if like what if he's just got like an apprentice or something? Like someone who just goes around and fucks people, it's like that's fucking great. Let's do- actually, you know what? No, we're just it's Laurie, it's Michael, that's the story. We're simplifying, we're simplifying. And then they've got not one, but two sequels announced together, so they were always stuck with these two. And it's like, well, hey, what were those things we threw out? Let's go back and check them out, and (laughs) let's make two more movies out of that. And I I think Halloween Kills was probably a lot of compromise on David Gordon Green's behalf, where... He was told like, this is a straight up slasher. Like this one is like crazy. You can't kill Michael. You can't kill Laurie because we have to do a third one. you got to have high blood count. You know, you've got to have crazy shit happen, but you can't do anything definitive. And so he probably was quite hamstrung with what he could do. And by the time he finished that, he was like, I meant to make one Halloween movie. And then we had Halloween kills. We had COVID and now I've got Halloween ends. I've spent like six years of my life doing Halloween movies all of a sudden. And I think he was probably like, all right, this one's for me. And it feels like an indie film, which is how he started. It's an indie film about people in a fucked up town. It's about, you know, a Monday, Romeo and Juliet. It's about all of the things that indie filmmakers love. It's almost got like a a drive feel to it in certain elements, where it's like Mm. this cool neo-noir like setting and and Mm cinematography and score where they're cruising around on motorbikes. It's like, yeah, they're like bad, but they're not bad. And he's misunderstood, but maybe he's a bit. And it's this totally different genre, which David Gordon Green really loves. And then he's like, and now I'm going to third act, bring it together with Halloween and, and really make a totally crazy Halloween movie. Which is a long way of me saying, I think this movie is supremely interesting. I think it's an incredibly oh, interesting yeah. movie. Uh, I, I've seen it twice at the cinema now, and both times I was riveted. Much like like Dark Knight Rises, I didn't really notice either time that it's like, what, 45 minutes before the main character shows up. Yeah. <laughs> it was the second time I was like, I'm Sneak a peek at the yeah. watch. Oh, fuck, it has been a while yeah. since Michael. Well,
0: I was going to say, that's the one thing I remember reading online. People were really, really, really critical of, we don't see Michael for so long and we don't see much at all. But then if you actually break it down, supposedly we see him less in...
1: In John Carpenter's.
0: Hallow- yeah. yeah, in John Carpenter's. And, but people were complaining about it. And you go, well, sometimes less is better. Because I just watched Curse for the first time. i totally off tangent a little bit. That is a disaster of a movie because one of the main things is you see that shit werewolf way too much yeah and i think that's sometimes it's like it's the classic jaws thing it's like you don't always have to see too much of the monster it's
1: what yeah, you well don't it's it's the halloween that. 2 problem it's the halloween kills problem like yeah. you switch from Laurie being the main character to michael being the main character because now the the series is not about the characters it's about the killer you know like friday 13th like nightmare like all of them once it becomes about the mask or the glove or whatever it is you you kind of have to show them more, but then the more you show them, the less scary they are. And that happened in kills. Like he was there so often, just impaling people. It's like I don't know, man. Like people could just run away from you, and I don't know why they don't. But when he just mm. appears out of a shadow and kills you, it's like, oh fuck, that's messed up. The op- we touched on the opening, and I think that's worth circling back to. Mm. This might be like the best opening to a Halloween film since the first one. Maybe ever. Like, I'd say it's on par in terms of tension and mm. surprise and delight with what they did back in John Carp's original one. Like, what a fucking incredible way to start a movie. And what a good rug to pull out of the audience.
0: And they're watching The Thing as well. Another and great they're movie. watching <laughs> Yeah, that's Um, a
1: good side. But do you you think though
0: that the only issue I have with it, and it's not uncommon, well, I would say it's a little bit more uncommon to have an older male babysitting. Now, I understand if there's more of a family connection, and oh, our son, you know, my son from, yeah, he's coach at baseball, little league, or whatever, and you know. We need help with, on this particular night. Can you just look after him for a few hours? I think well, they cover that. They made it pretty clear that he. Yeah, was so the absorbed. the babysitter did cancels that? last minute. Yeah. He was oh, he
1: their gardener, and oh. they it's the dad's work Christmas. How did so I miss that?
0: How did I miss that?
1: Yeah, the mum's like, I, well, she's, well, I can't remember the name. She's like, such and such just cancelled last minute. Uh, you know, I don't want to go, but it's his work Christmas party, so we have to go. And then the dad says like, Oh, I hope he's a better babysitter than he is a gardener. And then he's like, you should put some hydrangeas in because they'll really get some nice flowers. And he's like, He's kind of a dick to the dad about Jeez, like, I, must I actually good re- at being a gardener. I must have
0: been really enjoying my at that point.
1: Yeah, I they really do lay it, it out. I clearly. can't
0: remember that at all. And he probably should just edit this whole segment, segment out.
3: <laughs> not at <laughs> all. Because <laughs> you,
1: you may not be the be only one who missed it.
3: Gardener though, mm. and then not have him kill anyone with shears or anything, you know, like, oh, he's a shitty gardener. Mm. All right, I'm going to kill you with secateurs later. <laughs> Small rake.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um that both times i was in the theater when that the opening happens the second time i had a row i didn't realize until after the movie i had a row of 11 and 12 year olds sitting behind yeah. me whose dad had bought them so okay. they they were not prepared and this guy yeah. looked like a pro wrestler so every time i turned around to tell him to shut up i bailed because i was like he will murder me this guy's <laughs> like he he looked like uh was it the big house is that his name the wrestler the giant ball, no, um... Big Show. He looked like Big Show. Big Show, that's. He looked like the Big, big Show in real life. But every time uh, I've seen this movie, there's been people in the audience who, when the kid gets kicked over the banister, just literally shrieked. And I don't know if I've ever had that experience in a cinema before. Like people talk about, oh my god, you know, when when the shower scene in Psycho, the whole audience was screaming, and there was. I've never had an audience like audibly gasp and shriek at something. And both times I've seen this in the cinema, people audibly freaked out when you see that kid just bounce off the floor with his head snapping back at that weird angle. It's Ben and
3: Hubbard's severed head in Jaws. It the, certainly is. The boat and it yes. pops out like it's just that's that'll get you every time.
1: It's beautiful, mm. and it also is so good because it happens, and you're like, also, oh, I guess Michael isn't going to pop out of the closet and kill people now because a random guy just killed a kid. So I don't know. And then you go to the the opening. It's like, oh, I have no idea what this movie is. Like yeah. straight out of the gate. There's no setting you up with Michael doing something or Laurie. It's like, nope, he's just something completely fucked up that's happening. And now good luck for the next, what is it? 200 minutes. We don't, we're yeah. not going to help you on this one. You're on your own, kids. 200 minutes. Geez, How, how long is it? I don't know. I know I was going to say 90 uh, minutes, but it's definitely longer than that. Be it's two
3: VHS tapes. Yes. <laughs> I, I do agree, like that Malcolm X. You said Angus is that it, it is a really interesting take, and I, I, I'll make it clear as well. I don't hate it. I don't hate anything. I I, I dislike some of the choices that were made. You can I, hate
0: white I, chicks. That's a terrible. Honestly, anyway.
3: I've never seen white chicks. Well, no, good. Don't, don't
0: don't even see it.
2: I've seen white chicks. Oh come on!
0: <laughs> this is insulting.
2: <laughs>
3: You've seen white chicks in only ten minutes of Casablanca.
0: <laughs> Ridiculous. Weird.
3: Um, but I do, I do think, yeah, it is an interesting take, it is an interesting turn, um, you know, to have, like, yeah, your expectations completely blown away as to what you think it is, especially based on the other two, like, Halloween 2018, like you said, it was the beta test for these legacy sequels. After that, it was, you know, even The Matrix got one for crying out loud. It was, yeah. you know, the, the promise. And we got Scream.
1: We got, yeah, Scream, absolutely. who else did, just did one? Some of the big franchise. Uh, Candyman. We got Candyman did it. Yep. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Texas Chainsaw Massacre did all it. All
3: them spider Man comes back into spider Man's.
1: That's right. That's, uh, are we all yeah. going to point at each other or what? Was was like 20... kitchen we, can get, knives.
2: we can get that guy on the podcast that took that photo. <laughs> <laughs> now, this
1: afternoon. is the perfect spot to like in the video to insert a link to our uh, Halloween 3 episode where I talk about my Halloween multiverse. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yes. right there. Put it right down here. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> the Halloween universe. Yeah. The Halloween But it is, yeah. Now we, we're even getting like a, uh, a um, Friday 13th prequel series coming along now. And I think yeah. that's I do really exciting. one That really started something big i i think and it, i just looked it's it's 151 minutes it is also to almost 200 minutes and i think that's good because we get a lot of time to explore this idea that obviously the writers and and David Gordon Green want to explore with what happens to a town when this guy comes and does this and then goes away what happens to a person when they are given the opportunity to follow in these footsteps what happens when Michael Myers I, I guess the theory in this one, I've, I've had debates with people about it. Some people are like, yeah, he looks in his eyes and transfers his evil. I think that's bullshit. I think he yeah, looks I in his eyes and so. sees himself is how I read it. He's like, oh, you're like me. You're you're just a cold, dead murderer and I don't need to kill you yeah. because you are me in in the sense that we feel the same thing, not in the sense mm-hmm. that I transport my soul into you or anything. Um, yeah. And I think that idea is so worth exploring, particularly because this is the 13th Halloween movie like you might as well try something new guys we've seen it we've done it like go go a different direction what did you think about Corey as a character aside from the fact that we may or may not be pissed off that the majority of the film is him and not Michael Myers what did you think of him as a character that you get to sit and watch in a horror film for nearly 200 minutes
2: Michelle. Oh no! I was just going to go back to your point that about the evil transference. I read the official novelization of the movie. Oh, you did?
1: Yes. So please. jump in. Jump tell, in. Us, tell us. what, what and what's there's the deal?
2: So many extra scenes that weren't in this movie that made a lot more sense to that theory. Like, there's a bit in the book where there's like a little girl that's being taken by her father you know like a custody agreement and she's all tied up and Michael Myers breaks into the house and the next thing this little girl is killing her father because she's had that like eye- to eye contact with Michael Myers and there's a few scenes like that where it makes a whole Ooh. lot more sense and even not to spoil the book for anyone like a big spoiler alert but the I end I've of...
1: ordered it and it is on the way oh, <laughs> to my what
2: do you want me to ruin <laughs> the end
3: It ends at the shamrock factory and there's some masks.
2: Yeah. There. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the greatest... Well, nice. I, won't, I won't ruin it for you, but it ends differently to the movie. I can,
1: I can just do this and you can tell everyone how it ends.
2: All right. They're not like off to Japan like you think they are, but it's um, <laughs> like Laurie's killed Michael and she's looked into his eyes and now she's kind of like a bit weird and locked in her house. So you can put your headphones back on. And that's how they end. They all die. Oh, <laughs>
1: God. Yeah, <laughs>
3: Maguire did it. That's crazy.
1: That's kind of how it, it ends anyway. True. So um, it makes a
2: lot more sense to that theory that, yes, he is transferring his evil, kind of like what we see in Jamie Lloyd back in Halloween 4 and 5.
1: Well, Halloween 4 and then not 5 because they just yeah. ignored the they shit just, out yeah, of that.
3: Like, no, she's mute and didn't kill her mum.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just we won't talk about that. Um, <laughs> I, d- I do think.
3: is going, nah, <laughs> <like> <laughs> no. that, Don't do it then if you're not going to use it.
1: <laughs> um, I do think that there is probably a missed opportunity to do similar to what you said in the movie in that like see multiple people yeah. like start to behave like Corey and leave it in the air like leave us wondering is it Michael literally making people evil or mm-hmm. is it the fact that this town has been traumatized by this evil and and it opens something in people like oh because they open at the start suggesting that's where they're going because all these people Mm -hmm. emerge like you know those people shot in the car and they're like do you think it's him he's like michael doesn't use guns it's like oh okay so there's going to be a whole bunch of people who are doing this because like we can blame it on michael or they're like i am michael and they they have a psychotic break where they think they can behave like him and and similar again i keep bringing it back to batman but similar to like Dark night when there's all those fake Batman at the start running yeah. around trying to be Batman and then the real Batman shows up. Like you could have had a whole town of fake Michaels reaping havoc and, and thinking that they are these psycho killers and then Which we haven't right, before like, as well. Yeah, leave it to leave it to minute fifty to have him show up and have him show up and just have a scene where you have Michael Myers murdering a bunch of fucking Michael Myers. That would have been one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> just walking down a street in Haddonfield, just stabbing, <laughs> ripping and impaling and neck breaking a whole bunch of people in Michael Myers masks.
3: Telling them they're all not wearing hockey pads.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's, <laughs> it's
0: funny. Like, I think that's the most one of the most debatable parts of the movie was like, did he transfer his power or did he get his power from or he was able to see into uh Corey's mind? Because I I'd look at looked at it, he was going to kill Corey, and then he sensed that Corey was a killer as well.
1: That's but how I even though it was
0: accidental, it was kind of he saw that almost like that vacant dark in his eyes that Corey had lost all I wouldn't say will to live, but obviously just. He knew everyone in the town shunned him and all that sort of stuff. So I took it as like, oh, this is my chance to, I don't know, eat, not even pass on knowledge, but it, it was a kind of weird sort of thing. It's like, I'll let him go because I know he's a killer like me.
3: I don't know. I think there's it, a, a way to do okay, – my, my pitch for it would be, if you're saying Michael Myers slaying a bunch of other Michael Myers, which is dope, that's mm. whoever's listening, universal – you owe some angus some money now hit me up um, I'll write it for you always yeah, is. yeah. <laughs> um i think it could have been a, a redemptive story where it starts the same way with Corey, you know being involved not necessarily responsible for but being involved with with this kid's being you know doubling over a banister and cracking his neck or whatever mm. and then he gets treated like shipped the entire movie and yet when michael turns up he's the one who is you know despite the way that he's been treated Mm. despite how you know the 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 town did shun him he's the one who goes to bat for everybody and you know maybe even has to sacrifice himself you know to michael in order to be able to you know save the girl at least you Mm. know that might be a little bit too white savior kind of thing Mm. um being that he's you know is what he is but i just i don't understand why again we have to understand this monster and why we were talking about it today michelle what, what what is the the allure of this guy like i understand that you know serial killers on death row and stuff get love letters from people and they're like marry me and like you know doing the whole Weird. midnight express number but just like why is she so enamored with this guy especially after she finds out that he is doing some serious harm like i yeah the, the, like you said before cable the the character motivations were real sketchy like i just couldn't i couldn't find well where well, i was supposed to sit. one of
0: the other issues i actually had was i don't know why i've got a mental blank on her name but i'm annie um
2: allison.
0: Allison. allison yeah sorry yeah. allison um i was thinking of her a, a but um i don't understand why allison or even just structurally how they set up that it was kind of like he's injured and she's a nurse and it's kind of looks like laurie's kind of did set him up on a kind of a not a blind date but kind of
3: instigated things
0: like as if she doesn't really know him it's like why couldn't you have actually had them meet previously and kind of get to know each other they went to school together so they had a a pre-existing knowledge of each other and maybe a little chemistry previously or he they met at some sort of ptsd kind of meeting slash aa something like that so it wasn't just because it felt very rushed that relationship as well it's like maybe you should have had them kind of at least have have had a prior relationship if you get what i mean like they know each other and well, i so wonder possible. i felt really rushed for, especially for allison like it feels just weird it just doesn't feel it didn't feel as natural to me but for her to all of a sudden just fall head over heels for the bad i don't know i mean i do wonder just... if
1: that was part of the initial intent is that there was you know a backstory or they meet somewhere else and then as they they got into it they realized This is now a a very long Halloween movie with no Michael Myers and now no Laurie, because if Laurie isn't the one to introduce them, it takes her out of this movie. Mm -hmm. Like her, her character arc for this movie is creating the the meeting for these two facilitating the relationship, realizing there's something wrong with him, trying to find out about him, trying to put an end to the relationship. If she's not the instigating uh, reason that they're together, like she's out, she's out of this movie until the end And then there's no reason for Corey to come for her and basically like what the Halloween movie is, is it's Andy and Corey cruise around on motorbikes and then he goes and kills a few people and then... Laurie's sitting at home baking pies. And in the final <laughs> 10 minutes, Michael comes to her house. Like the rest of the movie didn't happen. She's like, oh shit. All right. Hang on a second. Let me just, let me just go get my gun and get my get shoes on.
3: Finally murder you. Yeah. And she's not just sitting at home baking. She's writing the most hyperbolic book. Oh, now see, this is something
1: I did want to talk about. Yeah. So the first time that uh, I watched this, when uh, the the voiceover kicked in and it's her like narrating her book. The first time I watched it, I was like, oh, no, oh, no. And then at the end, we get the the book ending of it. And it's like, oh, no. And then I went away and thought about it. And then I had a realization. And the second time I watched the movie, I decided that I was right. It's very, very bad on purpose because, of course, she's not good at writing. She's never written before in her entire life. She's just some girl who got scared by a guy and then lived her whole life being scared. And now she's decided she's going to, like, spew her trauma out into a book. Of course, it's not a good fucking book. (laughs) Like there's no way it's gonna be good. So when she's writing things like "It's finally time for me to say goodbye to my boogeyman <laughs> and see some cherry blossoms. like she's just regurgitating shit that people say to her. It's like oh, I thought I'd go see the cherry blossoms. She's like mm, cherry blossoms. <laughs> like, of course, she's I'm a bad in author.
3: Somewhere, buddy, come on. Like- it would be so oh.
1: disingenuous. I mean, that's that's always one of the most. Uh, one of the biggest leaps in Scream 4 is that Sydney is a bestselling author and is excellent at writing books when she's never put pen to paper in her life. But at least with Sydney, she trained as like an actor and had some kind of creative background. Laurie has none of that. She was like hiding in a cabin in the woods with a gun. She's probably yeah. like hunting bears I'm with her bare hands. Lot, you know,
3: yeah. hunting bears. <laughs>
1: yeah, like she's probably like, I'm gonna take out a bear if I can kill a bear. I can kill Michael. <laughs> like she was fucking crazy in the 2018. <laughs> That's the
3: best logic I've ever heard. I can give you. Like
1: she's not out there studying like story and learning how to write. A- yeah, it, it, it makes sense that she her. A Robert McGee
3: seminar. Yeah, no. it
1: makes sense that her book yeah, yeah. would be bad. And but I that... quite like that her book is bad. I think that's very honest. And yes. it made me love the narration.
0: <laughs> you probably, well, I don't know if you're right, but it makes, that actually logically makes a lot more sense because unfortunately, in movies and even TV shows, some of our characters are very good at a lot of things <laughs> that, you know, okay, there's some guys that are just good at every sport they play. Um, but there's not a lot of people that are really telling it there's so many things. And maybe she's telling it some, and maybe it's just. I mean, she can't just... even bake a
1: fucking pie. It reminds like, me it, it, that she's we'll not great. Or we'll
2: carve a pumpkin mm. very well.
1: I yeah. the yeah, shit right. out of it with that 45 at the end. I tell mm. you what. <laughs>
0: but it, it, it reminds me of, remember when Dirk Diggler went to go sing? He thought he was going to be <laughs> a singer <in> and <laughs> Bowie Nights, and he's terrible, and he thinks he's so good. And it's like, it reminds you me of that. Touch.
1: That's a cutscene. It's like Laurie decides she's going to record a country album. Yeah. And it's it's just <laughs> Allison showing her how to use GarageBand. band. Or he's like, okay, and just like strumming the cut-
3: <laughs> Look at the track list. All these songs are about Michael, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah. Yeah. Can I
0: just bring up the really random um someone that died was listed as a death in Halloween Kills, was actually alive and they <laughs> she somehow survived and she was outside the supermarket when Laurie yep. was uh, smiling. Was that just not the most random thing that girl had? What did he put into her throat? It was
1: the a broken window. He, yeah, like...
0: the, it was the oh, yeah, right. luminescent. He's... Yeah, and it's like she she's to- she was totally dead. I just don't understand.
1: Well, we talked about this in the Halloween Kills episodes. That was actually one of the most harrowing parts of Halloween Kills. Yeah. Is she's incapacitated, lying there watching her husband get stabbed repeatedly in the back as he bleeds to death, and she can't help him. And it was
2: a fluorescent light. It was
1: really, up, it was really it. upsetting. They're not you even know, flattering for anyone. But I kind of like. I kind of like that she's not dead. I kind of nah, like. That she's see, back.
0: I, nah, I don't. Nah, I, I. feel like that was just brought back for that moment, or maybe they like that actress. Like, I follow her on Instagram. Yeah, it's great that she was in it, but well, I, I think I, I, I don't. I don't like it because. It was. It felt like it was there for that moment, but also it, it just takes away the value of what happened in the first movie. Uh, sorry, in Halloween Kills, but also that that hospital. There's dead bodies all over that town. Like how are they sit having her in the ICU and her survival. I'm sorry, they're not even getting to her fucking house. The cops are. You know what I mean? Like it's just she's dead. Do you how remember, is she surviving that? What she's probably how fucking
1: feisty she was before she got stabbed <sighs> in the throat. Like, if anyone's surviving Halloween kills, is that feisty lady too? She's feisty
0: way. about a bloody little drone. Like, come on. She's so oh, she's she's wild. She's trying to
3: drone it.
1: That's right. Yeah. she f- that was so weird. There's so many weird choices in kills <laughs> and ends. That drone one just sticks out. But
3: the, 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 the gay couple who live in the house—Big yes. John and Little John—smoking like, Yeah, just smoking weed, dance into Halloween. That's, all of that is
1: fine. Like all of fun. that is lovely. The fact that they're called Big John and Little John, and that's how they refer to each other when no one else is around. <laughs>
2: Uh, like, Beautiful. fair
1: enough if you're having a party and you're like, oh, yeah, it's our cute pet name. We'll say it in front of our friends. But I have so many, like, pet names for my wife and I'm not walking around the house yelling them out when no one else is around. <laughs> yeah, Enjoy
3: yourself,
1: man. Also, what if I thought that my wife was being murdered in another room, I wouldn't be yelling out one of our <laughs> nicknames. I'd be like, hey, Shmoopy? Shmoopy, are you... are you? I'd be like, Jess, are you dead? But no, he thinks his husband is being murdered and he still is like, Big John? Big John. <laughs> Just say John This is a serious moment Give it some gravitas for Jonathan fuck's
3: <laughs> Jonathan Are you being murdered?
1: <laughs> yeah that And then yeah When uh, when he walks in And sees him dead And then sees Michael He's like Oh Michael you've come home the Bitch run Run down the stairs Get the what fuck out What are you fucking
3: talking to him for? What are yeah. you
1: talking about Michael you've come to... Anyway uh, That's another movie yeah. i would just um,
3: say just on that point that you made uh, quickly angus about the the her being a shit writer and <laughs> that, th- th- how how does that then extend to other people in the film like the woman who calls up the radio dj <clears throat> and she's talking about and she uses that um uh, the nietzsche quote uh you know oh, i've stare into the abyss, the abyss stares back into you. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, that's not <laughs> That's not how people talk. Come I don't know. Have you
1: ever listened to late-night call-in radio? Like, okay, that's well, when yeah, all that's the armchair people. philosophers call up. Oh, really? Who, like, really think that they are well, I thought the Nuffies the call at that time. They, uh, they call up and they've got their quotes that they think really think that they're something special. I do... That is the one character in this movie, though, that I, I don't quite really... I, I can't find a place for, like, when I figure out what I think this movie is about is the DJ. And mm. I... I absolutely cannot accept that we open this movie with the voiceover of the radio DJ. Mm. I, I cannot accept the the opening sound and the final sound of this movie. I can't accept that we open with like the w the urge, and then this guy, and then this song, and then we end with a, a really shitty version of "Don't Fear the Reaper." I can't accept mm. it yes. because this oh. is the last time ever in the history of any of our lives that John Carpenter is going to score a Halloween film. You couldn't get him to write the definitive final score, the end theme for Halloween and put that at the end of Halloween ends. Like you brought him back. You got him there. You've you got him to like redo the Halloween score three times now. Like I've listened to to each of them and they're, they're a bit different. Like he's tweaked them each time. But he's there. He's like scoring the movie. He's into it. Surely after like forty-four years, he's got an idea of what would be the definitive music to to close this story on. But instead, you watch everything happen, and then you watch Laurie sitting there with the cop saying nothing, and you're like, "All right, I guess we're done. All right, like, take us home, John." It's like, <laughs> like what? Like, what? No synth. No like even a hint of the Michael Myers. Not even like just a little one note. Of the Michael Myers theme, nothing. Straight into this shitty song, I was rageful. I'll never not be rageful. That was an absolute disgrace. How long did it it took to the
3: very, very, very end of the movie for you to get mad?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was that was the bit. I was like, this is just fucking stupid. This is stupid that you. And also, like, don't fear the Reaper. Like, that's the song. That's the song you're gonna pick of all the songs in the history of the world about not being afraid of death or facing your your foes or n- living up to, exp- like, and any of the themes in this movie, li- literally don't fear the reaper. You're going to be that blunt and slap us in the face with it. Like, Is that hey, not sh- a
2: throwback to original Halloween, though?
1: Original Halloween?
2: Yeah. Isn't that the song they're playing in the car? Uh,
3: like when the- when Oh, the when
1: Bob pulls up?
3: Smoking the weed.
2: No, isn't Laurie and her friend, they're listening to it in the car in the original Halloween?
3: I don't think so. No?
2: I'm
1: Googling. I know it's there's a very slow down acoustic version of it in Scream when they're getting ready to do some sex because we talked about it in our Scream songs. But I, you might be right, but even if that is the case, like it's that's a song that and a moment that hasn't been referenced for 44 years. And John Carpenter didn't write that song, so I honestly don't care. Like I, I just can't believe that they didn't, even if you want to put that song over the credits. Give us, like, a 10-second sting of a theme written by John Carpenter just to go to black on, and then bring in Don't Fear the Reaper. is like it fil- that
3: also the song that was famously aped on Saturday Night Live? with Wilfred More Cowbell? <laughs> yeah, Blue Oyster Cult. Col- Col- More Cowbell. Is that the same song, though?
1: I think you, you think you might be right. I think it is, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. So why? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. It's kind is of this a- not Halloween, the original Halloween?
1: Ooh. Yeah. Is and is funny, that? I wasn't
0: I saw somebody standing in Mr. Riddle's backyard. Probably Mr. Riddle. He's watching me. Mr. Riddle was watching you? Lori, Mr. Riddle is 87. He can still watch. It's mm-hmm. probably all he can do. What's the pumpkin for?
2: When I brought it for Tommy. I figured carving a jack-o-lantern would keep him occupied.
0: I always said you'd make
2: a fabulous Girl Scout. Thanks. And for that matter, I might as well be a Girl Scout myself tonight. I plan on making popcorn and watching Dr. Dementia. Six straight hours of horror movies. Little Lindsay Wallace
0: won't know what hit her. Well, that that would make sense. The idea
1: is that was the last time Laurie was, like, truly safe and happy, was sitting next to a friend listening to Don't Fear the Reaper. So 44 years later, we're back sitting next to a friend listening... I mean, great if you had any kind of tie-in or reference to it at any point since that moment. But again, like, play that, and then when you go to black, put in the John Carpenter theme. Don't just give us that song. I'm,
0: I'm not going to argue your point, Angus, that I don't think it was the right choice. But then I think Michelle might be onto something here. I think that might be one of those self-referential things. Like, was a little bit in Halloween, which we know Kevin Williams absolutely adores, and a lot of Scream is based you Know a lot of themes from Halloween were used in Scream, and then that song's in Scream, and then it's just come full circle. So, Michelle's probably right. I didn't even click onto that. To and
2: how totally have I only honest. seen Halloween once? And I know this, and you guys are meant to be the uh, experts around here. Wow. Because
1: I, I, I Lee I listen. You know? yeah, yeah, I listen to the dialogue, and if I'm listening <laughs> to the music, it's John Carpenter's score. I don't <laughs> listen to the the soundtrack. He did um,
3: all the remix with um, Trent Reznor as well for the for the, for the 2018 one. Like really good. Yeah, that was fantastic.
1: Yeah, um, but the, but that is looping off uh, the DJ. I can't find a spot in my head for why this DJ. Is a fleshed out character in this movie. Like he his death scene
0: is scene's good
2: though. Yeah, his he's death a... scene is great. It's just a kill because you're not sympathetic towards him. Like
1: no, he but died. he died.
3: Hung onto a record.
1: Yeah, like That's we didn't need. We didn't need him to be in the movie from literally the opening moment of the film to get that kill. And he doesn't. He's not in enough. And he doesn't say enough to like stir up hysteria. It would have made more sense to have him in Halloween Kills, honestly. Like, he could have been on the radio, like, really working the crowd into a frenzy.
0: Can I just just throw, as we're talking this movie out, can I just throw out a a weird sort of theory when talking about the DJ? But even the fact that the guy's called Corey, I feel like it's a weird movie set now, but it's kind of almost like homage to 80s stuff. Because I think a lot of 80s movies did that, especially the radio was really big back then, the disc jockey was huge. And, uh, you know, it was still a thing in the 90s, obviously, but I feel like movies were really big in the 80s with some sort of narration from someone, a DJ at a radio station. And it felt like a real big throwback to the 80s, and that was what I actually thought of. And then it was like you know, the Corey thing. It's like a very 80s-ish name, and the Corey Haim and Corey fowlman were big in the 80s. I don't know. It's just, I don't know, it's weird. Is it just me? I just, maybe it's just no, well, like this might... homage to, 80s stuff as well i don't know
1: it might be like tapping into something that i did pick up and, and maybe that's where the dj ties in but this is a this film is anachronistic in that everything that we see not just the the name but like the vehicles the houses the mm. costuming the furniture um the absence of like giant flat screen tvs or led mm. like advertising screens in it like the town feels like it's still in the eighties, the bar, mm. the radio station, the aesthetic like of the radio station, those the tower are all band kids, as opposed the t- to band <gasps> sports. Oh, yep, the um, you know, even like the the DJ has like a it looks like a hand painted billboard, that's that's around town. It's not even like a photo or a digital thing. Um, really, the only time that you you get a sense that you're in 2022 or anywhere near it is when they use one of their phones, which happens mm. preciously little in this. Like e- even when they go to the doctor's house. That's something that stuck out to me both times. Uh, is they get to the doctor's house and the nurse is like looking around and she's like, Wow. And she's like, Wow, this house is so rich. And you look around and you're like, Are you fucking serious? Like his outdoor furniture that he has. <laughs> I have that outdoor furniture. I have that it's same from Kmart. <laughs> I have that same setting. I'm not rich. I'm not a rich doctor. I have the same fucking thing. I got it for free off Gumtree for Christ's sake. Like I I looked around and I was like, there's nothing rich. Like even the brickwork around the pool. Yeah. I I don't know if anyone else saw this. It's something that I I hope there is a reason for it, but I'm presuming it's just location. But when she's at the door, the sliding glass door, looking at the pool, there's either like kids' handprints or scratches from a dog scratching on the glass, yeah, on the glass all yeah. over it. And I was like, he doesn't have kids or a dog, so what is that? And it's too low for it to be like Corey or Michael trying to break in earlier. That's clearly just a part of the house that they've hired for this location. <laughs> Did no dog. one yeah. think to like try and mask it that? Mm. I hope that's in the book. But yeah, like nothing yeah. in it is is now, apart from him saying yeah. Alexa. That's really like the, the only mm. part of the house that feels modern. Everything else, yeah, it's like a town. So, so maybe, maybe
0: I mean stuck in the eighties a bit. I don't know. It's... Well,
1: maybe that's the point. Maybe Haddonfield is trapped in nineteen seventy eight, and maybe the town has never been able to move on from what happened when Michael Myers came and killed those babysitters all those years ago. And that is meant to be a very deliberate choice across the board. I can only assume it is as to why everything we see feels like it hasn't moved on, and the the kids who should have fucking left. Like, Corey should have left. There's no reason to stay in this town. Everyone hates you. Allison should have fucking left. And when they address it directly, all she can say is, all my memories are here. Like, maybe they're trying to set up this idea that this town is just a trap. No one can leave. Like, uh, frickin', uh, what's his face? The evil dies tonight and Halloween kills. Little kid oh. who grows up.
2: Tommy? Tommy.
1: Little Tommy Doyle, he stays. And Lindsay, she stays. Uh, The cop who retires, he just becomes a security guard at the hospital in Halloween Kills. Like, no one leaves this town. This woman saw her husband get murdered and got her throat gashed open by a killer who is still on the loose. He's not even in jail. And she stays. Like, everyone stays in Haddonfield. So, perhaps what they're trying to set up in this is, like, this town is is a, a part of the evil of Michael Myers and part of the, the horror and the tragedy is you can't get out. The town doesn't grow. It doesn't evolve. It doesn't modernize. It actually looks quite rundown and shitty. Like there's no industry mm. there. Everyone looks kind of dirty and broke. Uh, the rich family at the start whose kids get killed are the only people who seem to have a nice house. And even the house isn't that nice. It's just three stories. Mm. Like it's basically just... It's just, it's just there for The yeah. It's just there for the kill.
3: It's just there for, to, to kill your children.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like nothing in this town feels like we're watching it today. It could be, you know, it doesn't have to be 44 years after John Carpenter's one. It could have taken in 1980, like you said, Cable. So maybe that's the whole point that David Gordon Green is trying to get across with this one. Is like Michael came and did this thing. He went away. The town tried to deal with it. They never could. He came back and it just fucked them completely. And now the whole town is just a part of him and he's a part of them to the point where now they are starting to replicate his crimes at the start or kill themselves because they can't handle it or eventually become him, which is what happens with Corey, until finally they fucking put him in a meat grinder. <laughs> and that's that's it. It's the only, the only way they drive him through the street and collectively as a town put him in the meat grinder so they can move on. And maybe that is the whole point, and that is why the movie is the way it is, and it feels so strange. Well, even,
0: even, the, even, the car, even the car yard and all that sort of stuff, like not that car yards, you can even really put a time frame on them. But I do feel like, you know, I think of movies like Used Cars, the 80s, Stand By Me, 80s, like just, you know, kids going, I don't know, it's just everything about it, you know, the more I think about it, it, felt very like like homage to the the 80s.
1: Well, even the and Band that- Kids car isn't yeah. it like it's yeah. meant to be this expensive car and it's an 80s car. And then when his dad comes in, he's like, "My idiot son was driving around. He's got like this slicked back long hair from the mm. '80s, and he's wearing like an '80s sports jacket." The more we talk about this, I think we've really just hit on what the fucking point of this movie is. He's yeah, like, "The
3: internet, we've broken, we've cracked the case." Yeah, the <laughs> whole thing
1: is just—it's—it's it's a town that's a vortex. It's like the Bermuda <laughs> Triangle. They, the rest of the world moved on, and they didn't. So it's it could be a Twilight a John episode.
3: Hughes' picture. Yes, and and you know because there's a lot of pop music like non diegetic pop music. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, so it's a, so it's it's you know 16 candles or, or, or the Breakfast <laughs> Club. If someone ended up murdering everybody,
1: you mm. have just like made me like this film 10 percent more. That is exactly <laughs> what this is. That's exactly. No wonder you I'm know, so interested. But, but
0: even even to the. Even to the fact that
1: his uh, Scarecrow mask, that feels really 80s. I don't know. It's, it's a cheap, weird. shitty plastic mask with the elastic band. Yeah. You, you've, you've not. And, like, her jacket that she his shitty motorbike. The more,
0: you know, the more we're talking about the more it's the 80s film. Yeah. It's, it um, yeah, it's great. Like, like you said, I hadn't even thought about the decor of the houses, but the more you think about even Corey's mum and how she's a real bitch to the dad and all that, like, you know that even the decor felt felt a bit more eighties, early nineties, if anything. Um, and the port, how's the- it?
3: too as well like the mm. the the mum and the dad you know the the, the put-upon uh, you know husband and 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 the the strange you know Oedipus you know mother kind of thing going on um mm. and then you've got the doctor and the nurse like the comely nurse and the older doctor like that yeah. feels very old yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, the the yeah. relationships feel, and you've got the grandma and the younger daughter, and then the two teenagers getting together. It's it's like it has those those tropes of what you know young coming of age movies have, and also 80s slasher flicks as well.
0: Mm, it's crazy.
3: And, well done. I'm, you, you're, you're, you're right, Angus. I actually like it a little bit better now because. I <laughs> like a little
0: bit better yes, than, three to one now. This is, yeah. it's we, not much. Angus, more of a, we
1: got you know, him over the line, sense, Angus. <laughs> That's a, at least we haven't made you like it less. I think that's a win.
3: <laughs> just close my laptop. Uh, no, you're all fucked. And just, so, okay,
0: Michelle, so in the book, does it say Haddonfield? Feels like 1980s-ish. <laughs> no. Uh, we well, I, think
1: it is, I think there's definitely an argument to be made that you could like look at, uh, depending on how much money this winds up making, and it was number one at the box office for a little bit, Like, there is an, a, a version of, this story that plays out where, you know, Halloween returns is the next movie that we get. And this, they, this is a, a parallel universe or something. Like it feels so disconnected from now. You could, I, I know I joked about the Halloween multiverse, but you could legitimately like have the next movie and set this up as be like, that was what happened in like earth 22 a, this is like it's <laughs> earth 22 B Michael. It's a totally different thing. And there's and a door yeah, Cause it, it's, it is so, It is such, I can understand that he wrote, that they wrote and created Halloween 2018 to be a standalone thing. And that the other two films were probably like offered slash hefted upon them as like, Hey, this one made a lot of money. There's two more happening. You can do them or someone else can do them. And they're like, well, we're going to do them. Like this is our kind of thing. So I can understand the first one was meant to be standalone. And then two more came along. I can't for the life of me. And I wish I could sit down with, Danny McBride and David Green ask, mm. how do you sit down and write Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends and try to tell anyone you came up with those two films together as the concluding mm. chapters of a trilogy, which connects to a 40-year-plus history of a franchise? Like, they could not be more different. They could not be more different. As yeah,
3: it has a probably a lot to do with um, COVID and also probably has a lot to do with um, US politics. Like, that second uh, uh, Halloween Kills film, that's a mob movie. And they are literally chanting, um, evil dies tonight. That sounds an awful lot like lock her up. You know what I mean? Yep. Like they're, they're, they're saying a few things there. That, and then you get to you know 2022, and we can finally get Halloween ends out. And the whole, the idea of what they were doing probably shifted completely. Maybe they wanted to stay away from where they were headed because it was not commenting on what they needed to comment on anymore, being that they're, um, you know like the 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 uh, young girl says in in scream five uh, it's a uh, um elevated horror now.
1: Mm. yeah, I'm which this look. definitely this this skirts on the the fringes of being elevated horror at yeah. times. And then I, it, it pulls back off that, I think. But it definitely gets the precipice of becoming wank movie and like, no, yeah, I they, I, they save it. I think they definitely save it from that territory.
0: Regan sort of brought up a good point because, you know, I hadn't watched some of those movies and they were all on my list. And when we did our Halloween countdown with Sean, um, you know, I finally go, you know what, I've got to get around. I've got every reason to watch Hereditary now and The Babadook and a few of these other ones. And I did think to myself, have they tried to do that here as well a little bit more be a bit more intellectual a bit more elevated like it's not just a pure machine that is michael myers just carving people to bits it's more thought-provoking uh, we've got another guy that's had his issues and and michael's a bit more in the background like you said he's the older batman this is not robin slash nightwing or whatever <laughs> I know, but I, I just wondered, I wondered if that was another thing they sort of try to do a little bit to maybe go, let's be a bit more intellectual and not let's be just the bottom of the basement kind of just slasher, make it easy, let's make people think about it. But
3: yeah, it doesn't always try. It's definitely what is this for a town that it isn't mm. for an individual. Yeah. So what are the effects of these things that happen on a populace, and then you highlight that with one particular guy who ends up being a surrogate for 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 michael um mm. so there's definitely yeah there's there's interesting themes going on there, but it's not Midsommar or anything it's just, mm. can't, thank God. Can't, it's not it's too attached to what it already was to be something different like that
1: and that is something that I think it it should be applauded for is that it, it like i said it's the thirteenth one that's been made it's meant to be. The final, final one that finally it's wraps not, up it's, everything. I'm, I'm telling you right
0: now, there will be another film with Michael Myers. In
1: it. Oh, there great. absolutely will be, but I, um, there I won't suppose. be another Laurie Strode yeah. one. Yeah, this, this is the, the end of that, and yeah. and where we go from here, um, will probably. it I think where we go next will either be absolutely incredibly good or absolutely incredibly bad. I don't think there's a middle of the road for what comes next for Michael Myers. Someone will have the best way to restart this or someone will have the laziest way to restart this. And one of those will win. But I do think something that's really should be applauded about this is they, they have done everything that that I think they could and everything they should do to make this a brand new Halloween film. It is a completely unique experience watching this Halloween film compared to any other film. And it did get me thinking, and I wonder what you guys think about this, but what is a Halloween movie? like when you think about everything this series has been now, when you think about a Halloween, like it, every iteration of Halloween of Michael Myers or the one time he's not there, every time you sit down and watch a Halloween movie, you are getting something different. You are watching a, a different experience. I think the closest films I can think of in terms of tone would actually probably be four and five. Like they're really the ones that, that stick the closest together. Like, 1 and 2, even though they're set on the same night, it's a totally different experience. 3, obviously. Then 4 and 5 are different from the first Mm. 3. Then 6 goes off in a totally different direction. Then H2O is its very own of-the-time experience. And then...
3: It's set in California, no less.
1: Yeah. H2K is is, is a reflection of what was going on at that period of, of horror movies. And then 2018, again, was a reflection. Like, every Halloween film is very, very unique and almost unto itself. And when you watch it, you don't necessarily feel like you're watching a repeat. Friday the 13th, there's like at least three of them that you can watch and be like, Oh, fuck. I thought this was the other one this happened in. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, is, that, is that guy in this one? Oh, shit. So, I thought uh, the
3: whole middle section there is pretty funny. Yeah. Pretty, pretty yeah. Far. Until you get to Jason X and you're like, oh, Space Now. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. You're seven when you're like, oh, it's Carrie versus Jason. All right, cool. Great. <laughs> so that's that's something unique. Mm. I do think um,
3: the one thing that this really was missing, uh, David Gordon Green's trilogy was missing, was, um, you know, uh, an, an awful lot of Buster rhymes. I think having having <laughs> Buster bus back. To roundhouse kick Ma- uh, Michael out of a window. Well, did,
0: did you crazy. see that? That was a meme that came out a couple of days after this movie came. It was like Buster Rhymes so happy that he's no longer part of the, the worst Halloween movie. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I beg to differ. I, 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 do,
0: <laughs> I
1: do kind of wish that they had have gotten Buster Rhymes back to be the DJ. That would have been a beautiful callback. Oh, they should have done. They should have just like gone balls out with that. Because I know they had Nick Castle yeah. be the Flasher, but that. That almost was for a sad reason for me because hmm. in Halloween and Halloween Kills he was part time Michael. They switched between Nick yeah. Castle and um oh he's got three names uh, James
2: Jude Courtney
1: James Jude Courtney thank you yeah. um and for this who one, will be on the podcast one day we'll
2: yeah oh, I sent him a message don't worry
1: great oh there you go but this one um David Gordon Green said he he said to Nick Castle like oh, I just want James to be Michael for this movie like it's just gonna be him it's not gonna be anyone else which. I guess fine. Like maybe this guy has earned, you know, at least the right to say I was. It was just me in the third one. It was all me. But also, I kind of feel like Nick Castle has earned the right to be Michael one last time in the final one. And I don't know. Look, maybe his one last time was Halloween twenty eighteen, and then from there it's just a bonus. So the reason he's in there as a flasher is because they didn't want him as. To be in there as michael but why not like well, just keep it going like why not just bring everyone yeah, back I mean, for cameos have I josh mean... hartnett be a cab driver or something like let's <laughs> just fucking do it guys I,
0: I agree with what you're saying the nostalgia is like we'll keep the, the original guy but let's be honest like everyone ages they probably needed you know he's a bit more physical he's a bit more in his prime well not necessarily in his prime but in in peak physical condition be michael compared to Nick. And I felt like it was actually, again, very similar to this new Star Wars trilogy where Peter Mayhew was Chewbacca for a couple of scenes, but he's getting older, he can't do it. And they got the new, the Swedish bloke that's yeah, seven the, foot, whatever. The, the and, literal and, and it was kind of, there was a couple of walking things. I said, Peter, you've got to be your Chewie. But then, uh, I can't remember his name. I should know it. But the big Swedish guy, anyway, um, was Chewie for more of the physical stuff. Yeah. And then eventually he got the role as he's the younger version and Peter obviously sadly is no longer with us either so I think it's probably a case of
1: But also if ever there was a movie to like start off with the older slower guy playing Michael and then transition to the younger guy, it's this one Wow, The first couple of times we've seen Michael he can barely stand up Yeah, you're right I But who
3: is it then at the end when like, you know, obviously uh, uh, he gets four minutes to have a fight the fight of his life Mm. (laughs) <laughs> and he just turns up at this house. Like, Laurie hasn't seen fucking diddly squat of him the entire movie. She's been dealing with this shit ape who's, you know, turns up with the mask on. Then actual Michael turns up and there's no, I've been waiting for this. Or, it's just, it's just you know, Ham, they, they go at it. He gets his wrist cuts a few times and then Mints. Who is the Mints? I think Who's that's that James Duke Courtney.
1: I think the <laughs> face we see okay. is him with, yes. with. prosthetics And aging makeup. Uh, I think yeah, they yeah, said 100... it's, it's only him. The entire film. 100%. No I hundred th- percent.
0: There's already. I think. Uh, Jai's already. There's. Uh, Michelle could Probably back. With, James. Sorry. I don't know why. I think. Jai he, Courtney. Is James the Australian Jude actor. Courtney. That's why I kind of. <laughs> conf- <Courtney>. That, <laughs> no, yeah. that probably we... throws him. James Jude. Sorry. Um. I'm pretty sure he showed uh, on his Instagram in the last few days. He's had behind the scenes shots where he was hours in the makeup chair getting the face done wow. for obviously a lot of those shots. So, yeah, okay. um, it's definitely well, at least for a majority of uh, you know, mask off type stuff, it's him. So,
2: when I saw online someone said they missed an opportunity to use Nick Castle for the um, like the homeless guy that says, I'm Michael Myers, like that would have been a good,
3: yeah. Throwback.
1: As opposed yes. to
3: a flash, uh, I mean, mm. the indignity mm. of it. Like,
1: Yeah, mm. like you already have a crazy old guy. Yeah.
3: <laughs> uh. kicking around.
4: Who says he's Michael and Myers also, and he was
1: Michael like, Myers. In a movie where you're trying to allude to the fact that, like, there is another troubled youth from Haddonfield who's turning to Michael Myers, Having him literally kill Michael Myers would be a beautiful moment inside mm-hmm. a moment, inside a moment. You're like, oh, fuck, that guy just killed the actual Michael Myers. Wow, yeah. that's great. Yeah, it's that's a strange, strange choice. Really could be great. scheduling, could be mm-hmm. also Nick Castle's fault. Yeah. Maybe he was like, they said, what do you want to do? He's like, something warm <laughs> that I can do in like an hour and then go mm-hmm. home and have dinner. And like, hey, do you want to hang out in a dirty, like, bit of mud under a bridge? And we'll have to shoot in daytime, so we'll have to fuck around with lighting for a few hours and... Mm-hmm. And wind, and he's like, No, I don't yeah. want to do that. Put me in interior where mm-hmm. the lighting is set. I'll show up, I'll do my one take, and I'll mm-hmm. leave. And they're like, I'll fair. drink like, a couple what of me? beers and whatever you say, to... Mr. Castle. Yeah. Um, What's happening I... on
3: that day, catering wise? Is it Taco <laughs> Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's earned it. Yeah. Something
1: um something that I do wish for this movie. This is this is my big uh sort of sadness with a film that I did actually enjoy quite a bit. Is I really do wish that for the middle section of this movie as an audience, we weren't sure if it was Michael or if it was Corey who was doing the killing. Like, I wish we had a seen that moment where Corey goes into the tunnel to try and take the mask and then not see him walk out with uh, it to cut, know. to not yeah. know. And perhaps you have to cast a slightly taller, slightly more muscular actor. But the way that the lighting was shot, the way it's done, like there are there are ways that you could shoot using that actor where you couldn't, you know, I mean he's driving a tow truck in some parts where you don't know if it's him or him. and I wish that we had have spent a large portion of the film not knowing, probably right up until Laurie fakes her her suicide. And then I do think if anyone else had done it, I would have hated it, but I do think it's a badass line when she opens the door and she's like, You really think I kill myself? And then just fucking unloads into this kid's chest. Um I wish up until that moment we we didn't know and then she goes downstairs and she takes off the mask and she realizes it's him and then she realizes what she's done and then as she's realizing instead of Allison coming in, just have a giant fucking fingerless hand come in and grab the mask off her and then Michael puts his mask back on and then goes to kill it and you're like, oh shit, Michael didn't kill most of those people. Yeah. And I get that means we can't have those scenes where Michael is helping him kill people, but that's also a lot easier to explain when it's like, why doesn't he just kill the kid at the end of killing the doctor and the nurse? Like, is he really capable of grooming a protege or is he really that intuitive that he can tell this guy's evil? Or is he, well, he just knows
3: the... how to fucking drive? Like, what you... <laughs> I mean, come on. He's figured that
1: out. The only thing I think really makes all that work is that, and this is something that I, I spoke about briefly with some people after I watched it, is like you always forget with the Halloween movies. What these movies are at their core is an escape mental patient movie. Like, you forget. Yeah. It's the classic tale of, like, you, he- you hear over the radio in a couple of the Halloween movies, like, oh, there's been a breakout from uh, the the asylum, and you're like, oh, fuck, yeah, this is an escape mental <laughs> patient movie. It's literally, like, the hackiest set up for a, a killing spree but maybe because he is an escaped mental patient maybe because he's just a completely psychotic person he just fucking loves seeing people murdered and if someone else is going to do it he's like i'm not going to kill you i just want to fucking watch people mur- yeah <laughs> so that that reads to me that he would love people getting stabbed so much you would be like you you do some stabbing then i do some stabbing this is fucking great my arms are tired now so i can't do i've got much. less fingers it's harder to hold a knife so you do a it bit is, of stabbing
0: I actually have those hands at, for my costume, and it's not great not having two fingers to use. And you're like this the whole time. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so I I think all of that works, but I I do wish like that that had been hidden from us, and I think that would have been a really exciting moment as an audience to be like. We don't know, man. We don't know. Is it, is it Corey? Is it him? And and you have a little bit of a whodunit element in a movie that you never have a whodunit element because you know it's Michael Myers in every one of the other 12 films because it's a fucking Halloween movie. And just bring that element in for a minute. Be like, who the fuck is the killer in this fucking, we haven't even seen Michael Myers. Is he even in this, fuck? well, maybe that is him. I don't know. And it creates some internal conflict with an audience instead of like, oh, Corey's just snapped. He's just snapped and killing people now. We're just watching mm. a different psychopath kill people. And that makes me feel a bit mm. strange about this experience of sitting in a dark theater, right. watching a human kill other humans. I don't know if it's as fun mm. anymore when just, it's another young person
3: who snapped. Not it's, it's not as fun. As it's it. not as fun.
0: It's not as Please, Michelle.
1: there's not suspension of disbelief.
0: Michelle, please tell me the person you felt sorry for the most getting killed was the dad. Ronnie. Who took a bo- Corey's dad that took a bull. Bo- it's not even God. his dad.
1: It's not even his, his ste- dad.
0: It's his, his step-dad. stepdad. Oh, it's, yeah, That's why he you know, calls him yeah, Ronnie. Okay. Yeah, okay. His he, stepdad, but still, he's the poor stepdad. He was watching Hard Target, minding his own business.
3: And Hard Target rules. And, and, and why, why
1: was he watching Hard Target? I, I was, was going to say, there's, there's a link, yeah? One of, yeah. The, tell me the link. Uh, the link is Hard Target was the... Is it Hard Target he's watching? Yes. Or is it another? Oh, man. Hang on. I, I, thought to... was,
0: I thought it was hard target.
2: I have no idea. Uh, no, I'd go with
0: Regan. He's 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 a video store guy. He knows.
2: <laughs> nerd. He just called you a nerd.
3: That's fine. I'm cool with that. <laughs> no, as soon
0: as I saw Van I'm like, that's hard target. I know that's
3: hard. You, you can tell from the perm. I mean, come
0: on. Yes,
1: exactly. The perm, like, he doesn't have a perm in every fucking movie. <laughs> nah, this is a long perm. This is, like,
3: this is particularly permy, this one. It's
1: almost oh. Nicolas Cage, Con Air, per
0: me, you know, like that
3: kind of Air. Yeah. I will say that Angus, you're right. I like the idea of it being ambiguous, and you, you right. You just shoot him at lower angles in soft mm. focus half the time, and you sell yeah. that completely.
1: All and you have him come out of the shadows the like yeah. he always does. Like he, mm. there's plenty of ways.
0: But how good? How were good in some of those deaths of those shitty kids? Like the oh, blowtorch, the blowtorch to the head. <laughs> <It's>
3: intense. <laughs> oh. I, really I, mean, I feel it. bad for. There's
0: a lot of innocent people who died. Yeah, so so stepdad, I felt bad because I felt like stepdad's like stepped in and he took a bullet, or almost protected his now killer stepson or whatever you want to call him. And no, almost kind of, that is what
2: happened,
0: isn't it? Yeah, well he well he did he he took a bullet. Well, he was kind of protecting, maybe not knowing how much he'd done or whatever, and mm. he caught one right in the guts. And you go, oh my god, this guy had a
2: hard life the last few years and it's I like how you just said, do you feel sorry for the dad? And it took me a while to even realise who you were talking about. Well, so yeah, okay, stepdad.
0: We're getting, we're getting oh, No, no, I still probably would have been like, hmm. I'm like, just the wife was just such a bitch as well. And oh, there's
2: like, like a whole weird thing. Yeah. Like something was going on. and in oh, the that's book, why it was even more intense.
0: That's why we're still at work. I'm going, I'm going to stay here. Um, enjoy hard
1: yeah, time. Because she's in lights.
2: love with her son. There's something
1: weird there is also the one of the best acted moments uh i think in the film is after like she slaps him and then kisses him and then leaves and like kicks him out and it's all crazy and then the dad's just like i hope you find love
4: <laughs> oh man that is cold blooded <laughs> oh it's
1: beautiful but it's so like he's, he's honestly like i i don't know i don't know what to do with this fucking family kid like Good luck to you. <laughs> That's, I'm, I'm not going to help hard you.
3: Target and and drinking a six pack, and a sub, like at may- my work.
1: I yeah, I'm not coming site. home. I'm afraid to like, come home.
3: May the force be with you,
0: son. Uh, I'm going to have to. <laughs> we're going to
1: have to edit around the hard target thing because there is a link, and I can't find what it is on the flight. The only link that I can find at the moment that connects at all is that the writer Chuck Farah of uh, of Hard Target wrote uh, Virus, which also starred Jamie Lee Curtis. But I think there is a more direct link. They weren't uh, watching
2: it in like Halloween Two or something.
1: No, no, no. Someone who made oh, no, the Heart Van film. way
0: after Halloween
1: Two. Oh. Someone who made the Van Dam film that he's watching. I, I'm um, gonna
0: go take a uh, ha, how good well. I'm gonna take a stab in the dark. Is hard target like 92, 93-ish? Uh,
3: maybe uh a little bit later, maybe maybe 95.
1: Really?
0: Oh, okay. Well, I'm not too far off.
3: Oh, that's Ish. got some of the, it's a world class Wilford Brimley doing. Mm. Doing the the um the co- I the remember I You're a hard, hard re- target
1: hard target is 1993 bang yes, on. There you go. I do remember
0: my
3: father hiring that on VHS back in his day. Oh, it's spectacular! That's John Woo's American film debut. It's yes, it
1: is. I feel very sorry for Ronnie. He's a he's a great character. He's an interesting character, and I think uh, his death is quite sad. Uh, he's also the only character in this. No, I was going to say he's the only character who doesn't get killed by Rory or Michael, but then we have that montage at the start of a whole bunch of people being killed by people who aren't Rory or Michael. Or maybe they are Rory. We don't know. Maybe he goes on a killing spree, doesn't tell anyone about
0: it. Rory or Corey?
1: Corey. (laughs) Corey, What's his real name? Is his real name Rory? His real name's (laughs) Rowan. His real name's Rowan and he's Corey, so I've just smashed them together. And Ronnie. Ronnie, Rowan, and Corey became... (laughs) I'll
0: I'll let you on a little secret. Before you even came on the line, Regan actually
3: said if I call him Rory by mistake. <laughs> I was doing it in conversation. I like, this Rory I know. And then the guy, the other guy I do a podcast with, he was like, isn't it
2: Corey? I'm like, God damn. Yeah. Cause I think it's meant to be like Corey Cunningham with Michael Myers. They like their
1: alliteration. Um... Laurie Strode. Oh no. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, I do... Does anyone know? Yeah, I, I haven't found this out. I also haven't dug too deeply. Does anyone know, did Judy Greer just not want to be in the third movie? And is that why they just kill her off in the very last moment in Halloween Kills? Because they don't really capitalize on the fact that Laurie's greatest fear came to fruition in Halloween Ends. Like a big part of Halloween 2018 is that she She fucked up her daughter's life by trying to protect her. Like she traumatized her Mm. by training her to essentially be an elite killer in case Michael Myers ever came back. And eventually the government had to take her away because things were so bad and it was all to protect her. And that was the whole point of everything was I've got to protect my daughter. That's all I care about is protecting my daughter. And then eventually her granddaughter. And in the end of Halloween kills the literal worst thing that she's ever thought that would happen did happen. Michael Myers killed her daughter brutally. And then in Halloween ends, it's just not like even Allison isn't that fucked up about it. Like she's obviously fucked up enough that she, you know, becomes very dissociative and wants to go and hang out with, Corey, even though he might be a psychopath. But there there I really think... is no well, she thinks he might be. She yeah, okay, she's yeah. she's aware of the fact that he may not be all there and still is interested in him.
4: Yeah.
1: Um, she doesn't find out he's crazy until he's already dead. Um, but yeah, it, it there's no there doesn't seem to be any story point reason that they capitalized on for Judy Greer not to be in it. So I do wonder if she, like, wanted, she, um... she signed on to 2018 and then they were like, We're doing two more, and she's like, I'll do one more. No, and then she...
2: I just looked it up. She wanted audiences to be upset by the ending of Halloween Kills. So I think she chose not to come back.
1: I mean, I was definitely upset because it Mm -hmm. happened. I was like, what the fuck was that? Why did you do that? Um, I was sad upset. I was confused Mm -hmm. upset. She was always
2: destined to die in the Halloween reboot trilogy, according to David Gordon Green.
1: Well, then again, yet another um, bit of a head scratcher as to how Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends actually fit together as Mm -hmm. two movies because they, kind of i mean i guess we have is it four years that's meant to be between yep. is that really like she spent 40 years traumatized by two of her friends being killed mm-hmm. got over her daughter's brutal death in four is, that, she's track, just is that track problems. for anyone yes yeah,
3: that... i mean the, the whole uh, and, um you said it at the beginning um cable the the motivations are, are completely mm-hmm. off from what we know and halloween 2018 and halloween kills are quite connected you know and and then also connecting back to 78 by having the flashbacks and mm. all that stuff and then this one even stylistically like it's color palette and it's um you know it's cinematography are completely separate you know uh, it's a lot softer there's not as much harsh light there there aren't as much dynamics um and yeah and then you get into he- where these people were when we last saw them even michael having you know been in a fight with the entire town basically um and you just see him there's no there's no result of that there's no there's no paying for that um not really and then yeah laurie seems to be quite adjusted and she's you know she's a, a about to be a pulitzer prize winning novelist or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't make yeah. sense at all it's it's all very disparate
1: Quite, well, I mean, Quite surprisingly, me, it is the same cinematographer for all three of these movies. Yeah, I yeah, real, yeah. I would have bet money too, that yeah. it was a new guy on this one.
3: Yeah.
0: Well, it's funny because me and Angus had spoken about even Judy Greer's death in Halloween Kills and it just doesn't feel... Like, I understand it raises the stakes, but it just felt unnecessary. And, it, it you know, we if you put Michael Myers into the supernatural bracket that he survived a few stabs and punches and kicks and then... Somehow he overwhelmed this group of fuckwits um, that uh, are banded together. Are, evil you no, evil do-. You go, okay, well, I can somewhat believe that because that's Michael Wise. But then all of a sudden for him to be in a particular area away from this and this is happening and then uh, what's Judy Greer's character's name in this movie, in the movie?
3: That's Rory. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> Rory is up in Michael's room. And then all of a sudden there's all these police and ambulance and everything around, and Michael is able to walk up behind her in the house and stab her to death. Karen. 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 I was gonna, I was actually going to say Karen because Karen's just not a really good name to have right now. Hi. I didn't think, no, it can't be Karen. But Karen gets killed, in I. Th- and I think me and Angus both said it didn't feel realistic even in the scheme of these movies. And I was actually surprised. I actually thought they might somewhat wreck on that. And say so that was a bad dream that um, Laurie was having. That was her worst fear coming to fruition or something. So, oh no, no.
1: She's dead. So the way that it was shot. Like it yeah. was very yeah, it was... like in and out. There was no lingering on the body. There was no like him throwing the body through the window so mm-hmm. that the whole town, like there was nothing. It was just like stab, stab, stab cut. And then it's the end. Mm-hmm. I So I think part of, part of the reason that I, I did circle back to asking that is because in this movie, something that, Again, talking about character motivation it, that doesn't mm-hmm. quite resonate is everything we know about Laurie Strode from the previous two films is that she kind of Sarah Connored herself, like she trained, mm-hmm. focused on one sole thing to face this killing machine when it inevitably yeah. returned, and it returns, and it does exactly what she thought it would. It it, it kills well. First, it kills her son-in-law along with a whole bunch of the town. Uh she thinks she's killed it, but she's not sure, and then, of course she's right it's not dead it's back, and it kills more of the town and then finally it it culminates in doing the thing she's always feared the most it kills her daughter and It feels like the logical like next step for the Halloween ends is either her trying desperately to move on and failing and then really like not succeeding or pretending she's moved on, but secretly like going out at night hunting for him and being. Like just an insane woman, like a a crazy Batwoman, essentially going around the streets at night as a dark detective who really is just an unhinged lady who is becoming more and more like Michael, and that she's becoming more and more disconnected from reality. Instead, like when we open Halloween Ends, she has completed her arc. She has moved on. She's done. She's right in the book. Like she no longer lives in a a fortress. You know, she she lives in the nice little house. She doesn't fear Michael Myers returning. She doesn't sleep with a gun under the pillow she has a gun but it's locked in a safe you know just inca- like it's it's all done it's all finished everything that could happen did happen and instead of her like hunting him down the last thing is to kill him but she kind of seems to not need that anymore how, how does how does that how does that work how does that work for what we've been shown for the previous two films in mm-hmm. the previous 40 years is this is character the only thing that i think works is what we were going on about before is that the whole town has become infected by michael and it doesn't matter if she is carrying the torch anymore. She can move on. It doesn't mean shit. Like, the whole town is trapped by him now. And the only way for anyone to be free is for him to die. So, the fact that we see Laurie move on and nothing changes could be there to show us that it was never just about her. Like, she made it about her. But it was, wasn't about I mean, her. That's a, it's about Haddonfield. the
3: case because at the end of the film, the entire town is there to see them turn mm. this guy into, you know, ground chuck. Um, and they've made that very clear from the the, the um the middle uh, film as well Halloween kills like this is about how it affects everybody um whereas even the first one you know, 78 was it, it, it's you, you are following her the whole time but it splinters out and it does make sense that theme in this new one it's just the way they go about it is there's not there's a, a big chunk there that's kind of missing. That four years, a lot happened, and we didn't see any of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's some therapy, and you know, a little
1: bit of weed she got probably. sober apparently. Yeah, even though, like sober, at the end yeah. of the movie, the soon as Alison's out of the house and she's like faking killing herself, she's drinking straight away. Oh yeah. <laughs> like the bottle is ready to go. They have booze in the house. Um. Yeah. I I guess that it's a a a theme that. Coming back to my earlier question, like, what is a Halloween movie? Like, what is it actually about? I guess what a Halloween movie is about at the end of, uh, of the day is obsession. Like for the first six movies or five of the six movies, it's, uh, Dr. Loomis is obsessed with stopping Michael Myers. It is all about his obsession with Michael Myers being stopped. And it's Michael's obsession with wiping out his family. They're two men completely obsessed with these things who are opposed to each other. And in the third one, it's, you know, a a madman obsessed with wiping out the world essentially, but that's, that is his obsession. And then H2O, it's Laurie is obsessed with Michael again. Uh, And then, I don't know what the fuck H two K is, but it's it's still Michael like trapped in this cycle. And then Halloween twenty eighteen, Laurie is obsessed with Michael still, and Halloween kills. You know, and Michael is obsessed with Laurie. Like it's all it's all obsession. It's it's driven by these unstoppable forces. And then Halloween ends. Laurie and Michael are not interested in each other nor anything else for most of the movie. And perhaps that is the the only sort of glaring thing in this movie that that makes it feel off is that we're lacking the one thing that unites this very disparate and sprawling universe of Michael Myers. No one is really into anyone. Any- like, I guess Corey and Allison kind of become obsessed with each other, but even that doesn't feel the same. Like
3: I think
0: even like the advertising for the movie and what was expected was this big showdown between Laurie and Michael. And I feel like that wasn't necessary. Like they kept, they were very smart to keep Corey out of a lot, like all the promotional material.
1: Like, I, no fucking idea. This Corey was, the was a complete
0: surprise to everyone. So they did well, really, really well there because I knew nothing about Corey being in this film. But I feel like it was an anti climax in that you felt like there's going to be this huge Laurie and Michael battle. And it was pretty much not that for a lot of the movie. And like you said, there's this, this thing. It's like, King Kong versus Godzilla, like that's what I was kind of expecting,
3: exactly like and it was exactly
0: the same as that. Yeah. And it was kind of like there's this battle between those two beasts, and it's like, oh no, 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 we're, we're going to show you this other story and this other guy. And not that there's anything wrong with it, but it's like you sold us on this, and this is what we're expecting because you built it up for two other movies, and you're showing us for the last 10 minutes this battle. And it's like that's where I think it's confusing and misleading, too. That's why I, I can understand why people are generally pissed because i know you, you can have a slow burn and build up to it to a point but it's like it was very not laurie it's not about michael it was all about allison and and very much about Corey and how the town's going and, and maybe that's a good essay as well to have because all, when these events do happen you know whether it's even in the scream universe when you talk about windsor college and uh Where they come from in fucking Scream World, I meant mental blank. Woodsboro. Woodsboro. Yeah, sorry. That's what I was thinking. Woodsboro. Like, I can understand is that psychological, you know, PTSD for a lot of people that were involved in that, even the police members that had to attend and the ambulance, all that sort of stuff.
1: Well, Remember, Haddonfield had its entire police force wiped out twice yeah so and then its entire firefighting department wiped out like (laughs) this is a town that has lost a lot of first and and the entire hospital yeah like all of the first responders in this town are gone the parades they must have on a weekly basis to mourn (laughs)
3: Mm. a lot of funerals
1: that's the thing it's just like
0: i don't know i understand some of the, the the things that were said and and shown to us and kind of makes sense and some of the ideas to think about. But at the end of the day, really, people wanted to see this final showdown between Laurie and Michael, and it did feel like, I don't know, just... You know, I think what you're saying is that we are Tack it, it on for the last ten.
3: ...class action, uh, you know, false advertising suit for, for, against the universe. Oh, <laughs> it's oh. lies and subterfuge.
0: Well, a little bit because that's how they market it. How will it end? Like, and it's like this showdown. It's like, oh, is Laurie going to? Is Team Laurie hashtag Team Laurie, sorry I should say <laughs> hashtag Michael. And then it's like, oh, will they both
1: survive? Will one survive? Uh, you
3: know, hashtag Team Michael. That's crazy. Um, well, I guess that is
1: something that I, I conversely, I did kind of like it about it is that I didn't feel like we did need to see an epic like, 40-minute showdown between Laurie and Michael because the, the reality is, one, he he's Michael Myers. So there's very few people who are going to survive a fight against him. Uh, and Laurie in her prime might have been one of them, but Laurie as an elderly grandmother, like, going toe-to-toe with Michael, no matter how much of a badass Jamie Lee Curtis is, mm-hmm. like, it would reach a point very quickly, like, how is she not dead from that one punch to the head? Mm-hmm. Like, that would have given her an instant fucking aneurysm. Um, so I, I didn't mind... That we didn't get a huge fight because it would have quickly become laughable that she. Could oh yeah, I know. I agree long. with that. But I also think like part of what makes the the way that they handle the climax work is Michael and Laurie are only really ready to face off with each other when they're done. Like they're they're done. There's nothing left. Like Michael knows he's an old dying man. He knows that he's only got so many kills left in him. He essentially has like created this this prodigy to carry on the work, I guess, or he's found someone who he thinks at the very least can keep being the psycho that he dreams of, of of being once more and when that psycho is killed like essentially laurie kills michael's son really like he she takes away the only thing that he's ever probably even come close to his version of caring about of um he pet. he has nothing left and she has nothing left you know apart from allison and she kind of figures well yeah, I might as well die then keep trying to help and I fucked that up like my daughter's dead everyone all my friends are dead everything's gone so I, I it works thematically that the fight happens at the end when it's like they've literally got nothing left. like there's no reason for either of them to go on and she does it really well like when he you know rips his hand out of that knife which is really cool and then grabs her by the throat and she's just like just she's just like do it do it like let's both go down in flames I think that worked great but I'm curious, like Michelle in particular, as someone who's only just starting to experience the Halloween films in real time over the mm. last month, really, like how did you find not just like the ending of Halloween Ends, but how did you find the way this film was tackled? How did you find like Michael Myers and, and, and Corey and the Halloween universe this time around?
2: Oh, I just thought it was stupid.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Succinct. I like it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> there was just so many like unanswered things. Like, read the book, it's so much better. It makes you appreciate. Well, not the movie, but the book was a way better story than what the movie oh, was. Here
3: he goes. Here he goes. He's going to get the novelization.
2: I have a question though. Like, we can talk about why he's gone. Um, Why did they bother keeping Lindsay alive to really like underutilize her in this movie? She's yeah, not even in the it. end scene.
0: I don't get it. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like I've already heard talks that they, that they want to keep her. There's going to be some sort of bullshit spin off with her or something. Oh,
3: they're going to have to do it. The, the, the producer, um, uh, whose who, uh, last name always escapes me, Malika Card, um, he, uh, his father was a producer on the originals, yeah. and he was um, killed in a, a suicide bombing. But um, more to the point, he's wow. in his contract with Blumhouse. They can't stop making these. Yeah. Um, so they're going to have to do something. Yeah, Corey show, I don't know. Well, that's what
0: I—that's what I'm saying. He's not dead. Like this, this trilogy, this storyline is-
1: So, Michelle, you think stupid? You think yes, this it was this just, film is
2: another stupid. one of those stupid, convoluted movies where they had so many ideas that they didn't explore, and it was just not good. Fair. Read the Fair book. Fair enough. It's a lot
0: better the than book. the movie. Yeah, but see this, uh, and, and look—it's great you enjoyed the book, but we shouldn't have to read the book. We should be able to enjoy the movie.
1: Yeah, if if you watch a movie and you're like, I didn't get it. Someone's like, well, you have to read the novelization to <laughs> really understand. It's like, no, fuck you. The film did not achieve its goals. Well, I said um, that at
2: the beginning. I didn't enjoy it.
1: So. The only, uh, I think the only thing we haven't talked about is 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 the actual end. Is we literally, in every possible way that you can mm-hmm. conceive of, see Michael Myers die in this movie. They left no room for speculation. The Was last that- time they killed him, they cut off a head and they found a way out of that. So this time they did not leave any room to maneuver. What do we think?
0: I was gonna. I wanted to know. Did you guys think that was part of the reshoots? Because I feel like I, don't know, I feel like that ending felt like maybe they shot it after the fact. Like I think it's been touched on, and I'll point towards Regan for saying this too. But I was under the impression that the one of the producers is like you can't kill michael myers off so well that's
1: always been the card line they always yes. so that's there's there is a story that jamie Lee curtis tells uh quite loudly and proudly about halloween h2o and halloween h2k where she was asked to come back to halloween h2o she said no and then they said sit down have a meeting and the meeting said we're going to kill him like this is the end and we want you to come back and <laughs> end it trick, She's like, okay trick. i will come back if I kill, if I can kill him in a way that is absolutely positively the end. And then they said, yes, that's what you can do. And she's like, I'm talking like cut his head off with a fucking ax. Like he's dead. And they're like, yeah, great. Like, we'll, well yeah. And so they shot it and they did it. And then they came back to her and they said, uh, we're making another one. She's like, I cut off his head. He's dead. And like, we're making another one. We're going to find a way out of that. We're going to yeah. say like, it wasn't really him. And she was like, for fuck's sake, we want you to come back again. And she was like, okay, well, all right, here's what we're going to do then. I will come back and do one more, but this time you have to kill Laurie. Because if you're not going to kill him, you have to kill me. One of us has to die because it's just stupid. She said, but what we killed him, what happened? And they said, the card said no. And that's what happens at the end of Halloween 2 is they killed him and did Halloween 3. Mustafa Card's like, no, he's not dead. He's back. Bring him back. And then uh, the idea was at the end of Halloween 4, he would die and Jamie would take over. And Mustafa Card said, no, you can't kill him. I like Michael Myers. You can't kill him. He can never die. And that became the rule of the Halloween movies. Michael Myers can never die. And then his son took over and his son's rule has been, he can never die. And then the pitch that has been made is that finally the cards are like, we're we're letting it go. You can kill him. You can kill him once. We're going to let you properly kill him forever once, which basically means until we reboot again. Yeah. So that is how they came uh, to this.
3: You know, just speaking quickly about uh, uh, H2O and how that is, should have been a definitive end. The, the, I, that movie's kind of whack but there is one particular part that's interesting to me is when um, Michael you think he's been killed in that fight with Laurie and whatever and um, they're wheeling him out on a stretcher and as she walks past there's two police officers and she, she's not convinced that he's dead so she wants to steal the hearse or the, the ambulance and she's walking past these two police officers and she pulls a pistol out of the guy's holster if you do that you get shot by that other cop. Oh, <laughs> 100 you know percent I mean?
4: Yes, you do. Always, yes, you do. It,
3: it was I talked about it last year when I did my Halloweenathon, and it was the one thing out of all of the movies that stood out as the least realistic, especially in America and especially mm-hmm. in a school. Yeah,
1: like the, the cops uh, uh are inconsistent at best. I draw your attention to Halloween five. Uh, if we want to talk about cops of Haddonfield and Laurie Strode uh surrounds in general. Um doesn't one not- didn't get killed in a Shoots someone in a bungalow or something, or in a a, no gazebo in number five. Oh no, that's the in four. That's the townspeople. They shoot one one of their own mates because they think it's him, and they just kill. And then, but then the cops don't arrest those guys, and they don't get into trouble for just straight up murdering a citizen. (laughs) No, five is the ones who have like the um the Keystone Cops theme around them. Like the first time we see them is a really tense scene where I can't remember the sister's name. The older sister's name uh, thinks you see Michael in the house. Yeah. Rachel, she, oh, Rachel. Rachel thinks she's seen the, him in the house and she's freaking out and she's calling the cops and the cops come and they check the whole house and you, we the audience know Michael was there and but for some reason he didn't kill her and also the cops can't find him and it's like my oh god what's happening like is he still there did he leave and the cops walk out of the house and the music literally... is it's the strangest moment and the director was like yeah I just want to do something different.
3: <laughs> this, yeah, non diegetic These dumbass cops.
1: Yeah, it's uh that's what happens when you you take Carpenter out of the school and just let Howorth take over solo for a couple of films. It uh it doesn't quite have the same gravitas. Um but the actual the end, like when you know they're in the kitchen and we're having the fight and she, you know, rips his hand open and then gets him knifed to the table and fridged to the table, which I thought was cool. Like again, talking about, you know, she's a grandmother. How does she defeat him? Well, she has to pin him down essentially with a fridge and knives in the hand. So he can't move. It's the only way she can take him. She can't beat him one-on-one. I liked all that. And then she cuts the throat and then she cuts the wrist. Like she's really hammering at home. Like, and she says like, you're just an old man. Who's about to stop breathing. Great line, great moment. And then they take him outside and put him on a car and that, the cop with the cowboy hat from Kills comes back for that one moment. Yes. And so he somebody says that's not how we do things. And he goes, It is tonight, <laughs> which is fucking great. <laughs> so dumb, but I loved it. And they drive through the town and everyone comes to watch. We have the and more people and everyone comes there. And eventually they like part the seas of humans to like carry him like it's a music festival yeah, to his the, crowd the grinder at the the car yard, which again talking about police incompetency, should be completely roped off by police doing forensic investigations because four teenagers were brutally murdered in that site. They drive through the same gate that Corey drove over a girl's head. Like there's absolutely no preserving the evidence. No, no cops have gone to that site. No one cares. And then they, they put him in the grinder and we literally see Michael Myers get ground to a pulp so that there is finally indefinitely no way you can be like, Oh, maybe she didn't cut his neck properly or maybe he, you know, found a way to a hospital after like night, he'd in pulp. That moment made me profoundly sad. And not because I was like, what is this? Because I was like, oh, they're really doing it. They're killing Michael Myers. Like, I know he's a psycho killer, but this is also a movie we're talking about, and it's not real. And he is someone from my childhood that I grew up loving. I love the Halloween movies. I love watching Michael Myers in Halloween movies. And I know it's fucked up to be like... Yeah, he's great. Like he kills teenagers. I don't it's not fucking real. I don't care. He's a character from history, from film history that I love. And we saw the end. Did anyone else get like deeply sad at the concept that Michael Myers is actually human and dead and gone?
3: Well, this is the only horror. Like I'm not a huge horror person. This is the only series that I really love and 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 it's because of that character. I like that he's just this mindless automaton that just goes through and and and, and murks people and it's just that's that, that that's what the movies are ruin a thorn and all that garbage in between <laughs> um yeah I think it was it, it, there was definitely a, a loss but what I mean when was the last time they did a Friday the 13th movie a long time ago now. Oh, it's been a long they time they're
1: they're really- in yeah, they're in rights hell. Like, they're, they're in arbitration. Sense. It's mixed up. It, it's the messiest thing at the moment, trying to work out who owns the rights to what between Sean S. Cunningham and the production company and the writers. Or so, because it's part of the problem is, like, Sean S. Cunningham owns a lot of the rights, but Jason Voorhees, as his co incarnation, is not in the first one. So, technically, he's technically, not like yeah, a creator. Yeah. And then it's it's spiraled out to be this thing where a bunch of different people own the rights and none of them want to play ball. So, it's been... A long time which is also like it's it's sad on multiple levels but one of them is the next friday 13th movie will be the 13th friday the 13th movie oh, really? so we got all yeah. the way to 12, 12 friday 13th movies ago. and then didn't make it that includes the the remake but yeah so, so it's it's the been the stretch he was in like the friday the 13th the remake, remake which, which was, was 2011 Yeah, 11 13, somewhere around there So let's say that that's um,
3: not including that the ones that were original continuity uh yeah
0: jason i mean are, are you including
1: freddie versus jason I don't Otherwise, know. I, Jason X. Canon?
0: I think Jason
3: X is. <laughs> Jason X. Is oh, two thousand and nine. Definitively, like, is he minced up or anything?
1: Yeah, he gets uh exploded, pretty. Okay.
3: Did you feel the same way then?
1: No, because Jason has come back. Like Jason has been definitively killed and come back, and it's from Friday six. He's not human anymore. He's like, yeah, he's a zombie. He's supernatural. He's supernatural. Yeah, There's okay. no way to actually, like, you know, in eight he gets covered in toxic waste and turns back into the child version of himself and cries before he dies. Like things get fucking weird. And then in nine, it's not even Jason's body anymore. It's like an evil demon worm that possesses humans. And Jason jumps from person to person by making them eat the heart of the. Like it gets so crazy and beyond the realm of possibility that whenever Jason dies now, it's like that literally means nothing.
3: Yeah. So, are they going to have to do those kind of narrative backlips to get Michael Myers?
1: If they want continuity to come back into this in any way, shape, or form, the only two things, the one theory I've heard that perhaps uh, holds water is that the old homeless guy who says, I'm Michael Myers, is actually Michael Myers. Uh, and when he gets stabbed by Corey, he doesn't die. Like he stab- Corey stabs him and leaves him in the dirt, and the cop finds him in the tent. But as we know from Hanfield Cops, they ain't good. So maybe he's not dead. Maybe he's just in there healing. Um, somebody shut down that idea with uh, the fact that he got all his fingies. Um, but there is also a long-running idea that because of all the injuries that Michael gets and lives, that he can regenerate. It's an idea that's in the original script of Halloween 4. Mm. The ghost thing. The ghost where, like, and it, they kind of touch on in Halloween Kills where the hate that you deliver towards Michael makes him stronger. And in this original version of Halloween 4, it quite literally makes him stronger. And he grows, like, in size and power the more that you shoot him and stab him and becomes, like, this he's Godzilla Hulk. size. Yeah, he, be- he becomes fucking huge. But the first hint that he's more than human is he gets attacked by a dog that bites off two of his fingers uh, and then he murders the dog. And then later in the movie, you see the fingers have started to regrow. You see like nubs starting to regrow. And then you get the idea that you can't kill him. Like he will just keep regrowing, coming back. So the idea that this guy that gets murdered, the old guy, has all his fingers is linked to the idea that, well, no, Michael got a homeless guy, dragged him into the sewer, cut his fingers off, like dressed him up like him, and then hid and it's the murders that have editated, been happening, I think. I don't know. well, the murders that have been happening around town. They're like, Marco doesn't use guns. Well, no, he started using guns. He started just killing people in random ways um, because he's evolved to the point where he's like, I'm just gonna fuck with you guys. <laughs> I don't need to be there in the mask anymore. I'm just gonna be the specter in the background, and it is a very long bow to draw. And that's, yeah, but it huge. is really the only, the only <laughs> way you can have, you know, Halloween Returns or Halloween Again or Halloween Resurrects or whatever you want to call it is that. um they they allude to the fact that Michael wasn't actually Michael. It was the crazy old guy, and and that really like
0: that sounds like if swapping his
1: theory. if <laughs> swapping him out <laughs> with a with an ambulance driver in in H two O and Resurrection was bad, like this would be this would almost like just capsize the franchise forever. <laughs> really, full, if that's where you're gonna derail. go. I think it has it has to be reboot to see him again, or it has to be multiverse, which um. Again, Universal. I'm I'm available at Gus Gus Brown on Twitter and Instagram. Hit me up. Sign them DMs. I have written a, a spec script. <laughs> I will send it to you guys. It's there. It's ready to go. you got to do it while like, everyone I like is still the alive.
3: Title of uh, Halloween again. It's um that's it's almost a little bit, oh, Halloween again kind of feeling <laughs> like like how the last Die Hard film should have just been called Just Die Already. You know what yep. I mean?
1: I think the title, like pitched uh, in the episode, was "Halloween Three: Season of the Witch Part Two: Too Many Michaels." I think that was what I came <laughs> up with. So that's that's what I'm running with for now. Um, but yeah, I think I might it won't fit it, on a marquee. Yeah, it, it, is, it is an interesting position to be in. In you know, in franchise mania cinema in 2022, when everything has to have IP, when we've got to have you know, streaming series that tie into ongoing movie franchises. We've got to have world building, we've got to have, you know, they they set up Corey to be the character that continues on this legacy of a blank mask wearing killer. And they almost did it. You almost could have had Corey escape and he's your Michael Myers from now. And Michael Myers is dead and now it's the idea of Michael Myers. He literally becomes the shape. Like he stops being Corey and he is the shape. They could have done it and then they, they put a bullet in him and they stop that. So there is... You know, unless, like you said, in the novelization, there's a few people who get michael out by staring at his eyes. Maybe we, maybe we get the next Halloween movie, and it starts like Halloween Kills with a flashback, and there's this, a scene we didn't see in those but four years. getting
0: up. Oh, I was gonna say, like when everyone's taking Michael Myers to the grinder, there. Corey just gets up and just rises out.
1: No, well, I mean, Halloween 2018 tells us so many times exactly how many people Michael Myers murdered. And then Halloween Kill starts by showing us extra people he murdered that we never knew existed until this movie. So the body count's already up. But maybe Halloween, again, will start with, in the intervening four years when no one knew where Michael was, the reason he's so weak in Halloween ends is because he has been giving all his power to an army of Michaels. And Corey wasn't the first, he was the last. And he was a failure. And Michael was like, I'm um, uh, too weak. I've given all my evil to too many people. And then Halloween again starts with not one, but like five Michaels roaming around and spreading out beyond Hanfield and into the world and becoming this, this legion of fuck, I think I've just written this movie for myself. Dude, I'm gonna stop talking. Yeah. Someone's gonna steal this idea. I'm gonna write this out as well. I've got two Halloween spec scripts. Universal, hit me up. <laughs> I've got an idea how to continue this continuity. I've got your multiverse set up. I, I know you're listening, David Gordon Green. All right, and Danny McBride. You guys can be EPs. Uh, how's, come this on board.
0: For, how's this for like a like a setting? Nineties. Just do nineties, not eighties, nineties.
1: Are you suggesting that '90s is a better setting for a horror slasher film than the '80s? Because now no, we're probably go not, some of the, uh, yeah, some of the music. Might I be mean, honest. '90s is having a huge comeback at the moment aesthetically, so I'm sure that you know a production studio would love to get on board, get like Platinum Dunes on board, uh, or set around the Pong time house o- or OJ
0: Simpson stuff. And yeah, you're right.
1: That, you know, there's a Halloween movie for you. Is it's a flashback movie? And OJ's on trial, and it's like the glove doesn't fit, and it's like what? And then it cuts, and it's Michael Myers just stabbing <laughs> his wife, <in> the gl- <laughs> and it's like, oh shit, yeah, I guess he didn't do it. And Michael his Myers just missing like
3: on the glove, like hang on, <laughs> OJ's got all these fingers.
1: I mean that that is another option that they they can do now is like you don't have to retcon the entire series. Like you can just go back and be like, this is a prequel to the 2018 Halloween. This happened in between 1978 and 2018. Michael escapes from the the sanitarium for one night and murders a bunch of people, and Laurie never heard about it because it was all hushed hushed. Or you know, the military ushers him out and takes him to Fallujah and sets him loose on a Drops him in a bunch there. of insurgents. <laughs> just Michael Myers just walking through a fucking war zone, just stabbing everyone. Well, there the is a lot of things you could the Root of do.
3: Thorn thing wasn't it that they were gonna he was going to be an agent of chaos for the government?
1: Yeah, yeah. Which it's uh, funny. I think that. You haven't seen six yet, have you, Michelle? Not yet. So we, you've like you've ramped up really hard with mm-hmm. four and five into the craziest part of this entire series, and then you've pumped the brakes and you've just bunny hopped right over to Halloween Ends. <laughs> yep. And now you're gonna have to go back to Halloween. If you, I mean, you talk about silly with this one, Michelle. Just bite your tongue. <laughs> all right? You you That's don't fake. know what silly is. <laughs> um, I, I, I mean, is there anything else to say about Halloween Ends?
2: Can it not take a supernatural turn and like the next one you see, like all his little bits just like rise up like a, let me see if I get this reference right, like a Terminator sort of thing.
1: Great reference. Absolutely correct. Um, Again, I'm going to have to ask you to watch Halloween six before we continue down this road of conversation. (laughs) Um, There is, uh, I mean, it could, it absolutely could. It absolutely could. If they, if they want to, again, like, Friday 13th, part six it and just be like, fuck mm. it. He's just a zombie now. Like, whatever. We just want to keep this, this train rolling as long as people will pay money. Mm. Um, they can absolutely have, like, the muck of Michael Myers. You could have, like, a strange dude in a trench coat and a cowboy hat scoop his entrails out <laughs> and then do some weird <laughs> Put spell it in a around mask. it. Or yeah. eat the entrails and, like, embody him, become him, and just do a, a Jason Goes to Hell. There's... And it's
2: got things to do with Stonehenge, throw it back to Season of the Witch. Ooh. Mm. You
1: don't even have to go back to Season of the Witch to get into druids and, and that True. kind of crazy shit. You really don't. It's, yeah, it all comes from it's nerds. really, really recent in, Why did it's in the 90s. A, a cowboy hat, by the way. The cop.
3: No, no, no. You just said that the person Oh, the man in black.
1: I can I can only uh, assume it's because they had no idea what the fuck they were doing. The man the man in black in Halloween five was created and written Halfway through filming Halloween 5, just as a fun idea, they thought they'd thread in, which is why he pops up a bunch in that movie and then doesn't do a fucking thing until the end. And you don't see his face because they didn't know what they really wanted to do with him. They didn't know if they wanted him to be uh, an established character or they were going to cast someone famous to to play him. They didn't really know what they wanted to do with the man in black because they never meant for him to be in the fucking movie. Just Could have cast
3: Johnny Cash. He would have done it.
1: He's just there to uh to bust, bust him, yeah, Michael yeah. Myers out of jo- which I...
3: with Uzis and shit.
1: Yeah, spectacular. Yeah. So yeah, for the and for the second time in in two years, uh, the Hanfield PD gets completely wiped out. <laughs> <laughs> like, just insane how bad people are being police in Hanfield. Um, that that is probably like the saddest thing that I've seen in a Halloween movie before they finally killed Michael Myers. Is Michael Myers just in a jail cell? So impotent. So flaccid Mm -hmm. and weak. But also still in the mask because they're terrible cops and they don't even take the mask off when they arrest him. Like, whoa, 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 guys. And to do the fingerprinting We can't take the mask off. No one will know who he is. (laughs) Exactly. That's the guy. you got to leave the mask on so everyone knows that's the guy. (laughs) Take the mask off. It could be anyone. He'll just walk right out of here. Come on, Freddie. Think. (laughs) Think. (laughs) Just
3: put him in here like a lobster tank at a restaurant (laughs) and everyone will know.
1: Oh fuck. Um great. Is so there's <laughs> nothing else to say about Halloween ends?
2: Oh, just we talked about it when you disappeared. Where is Lindsay in the end scene? Like why did they keep her alive to barely use her in this movie?
1: I do I do wish they had have done something with her. Like that mm-hmm. another missed opportunity. She's she's into tarot when she tends bar, but she did did she tend bar and kills? Or does she have to take over now because all the bartenders got killed and kills? Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I
3: think there's only eleven people in Haddonfield.
1: Right? <laughs> now, now there is.
3: <laughs> so yeah, it's like you know they have a problem in the police force. It's because there's two of them. That's the it's it's fucked up. Uh,
1: oh, speaking of Lindsay, you know what is probably the strangest part of this movie is when uh, Laurie is is talking to Lindsay about her concerns about Corey, <laughs> and she like she looks over off camera and says someone's name, and I, I have to assume it's another bartender she's calling over to cover her. She's like, come here. And then she walks her over to the dead kid's dad. And the dead kid's dad retells the story about how he was driving along and was felt really bad for Corey and wanted to say something to him. And he looked in his eyes and uh, that wasn't the kid. All great. All predicated on the fact that that guy has already told that entire story to Lindsay unprompted earlier on. So that when Laurie is taking this to her, she's like that reminds me come with me this guy <laughs> was just tell me about this it's like tell her the thing you said <laughs> which means this guy is just like walking around the bar being like so you know my kid's dead and like ah oh, fuck not this again man. well I saw the kid today he's like yeah yeah man we all see the kid he's he still lives in town for some reason he's like I pulled up next to him he's like well you shouldn't have done that he's just he's like I looked in his eyes, you know, I saw, you saw, you saw he wasn't the same kid. We did this already. He's like, he wasn't the same. <laughs> we fucking know. Would you go home and talk to your wife? She's really not dealing with this. Like,
3: it's just... mean, is it se- you've had seven beers. Is that right? Whatever. I'm getting chicken fingers.
2: <laughs> and his wife's really not dealing with it. Cause I saw somewhere. She's in the same costume that she was in. She's in the, the
1: same costume with the like, same hair. Just, it never
2: changed. is or- great. That's a,
1: that's a Mrs. Havisham reference. I reckon from uh, whatever that. Of the book's gone out of my head, but the woman whose husband doesn't show up to the wedding, so she just never takes the wedding dress off. Someone can tell me, Mrs. Havisham. Right look it up, book nerds. That's the one. Um, yeah, I think that that's a direct reference to like that idea that she is absolutely not mm-hmm. moving on from that moment at all. Um, but also, like, that's something else that's weird. So they keep talking about the, the friend keeps saying to Allison, "Hey, are you coming to my party? Are you coming to my party?" Come to my party, and then her party is at a bar, which isn't even close for a private event because and the crazy mother of the dead kid is yeah. there. Why can is she we... hanging it at this bar when a bunch of teenagers are getting smashed? And
2: can we talk about that weird fucking dance the two of them do for like five minutes? No, 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 no. I love that dance. That's a great dance. That's a very great dance. Look like they're being tased. Come
1: on. No, he's doing the dead ant. That's that's very like true to like the, the 80s vibe of the music. Well, also like the whole rockabilly vibe that the the music that's going on in this movie has that was like a big like 50s thing that had a resurgence in the 80s like that that dancing like you're in a in greece essentially and then you lie on the ground and do dead ants and that was that was a big <laughs> dance that that bit does not have um, any issue with me so uncomfortable. That's... uncomfortable why i don't know it's sexy
2: <laughs> you have issues
1: um and, that, and then and then it's then it's the end then it's the end of halloween halloween has ended and it ends literally, we talk about awkward, and one of the most awkward things when like Will Pat is it Will Patton, is that his name? Yeah. Sits down next to her on the stoop mm-hmm. and then you're waiting for Terrible. one of them to say something. Mm-hmm. And then they don't because obviously the director's like, yeah, you got. You sit down and then we'll just like hold the shot. And obviously the actors are like, all right, so there'll be like some music or something playing or you know, like some voiceover or something. There's nothing. It's just dead silence. Mm-hmm. And two of them sitting on a fucking step. And he's like, because she says, "What was it you were saying about the cherry blossoms?" And he mm-hmm. goes, "Ah." Uh, and then he sits there next to her and doesn't say a fucking thing. <laughs> he Doesn't uh, say a goddamn word. It always seemed like they were. There. It
2: seemed like they were setting it up for like Michael Myers takes Japan. That's how I took it.
1: We, hey, here you go. Here's another way that you continue this franchise. They go to Japan, and halfway through the trip, uh, I can't remember his character's name, but Will uh, Patton realizes um, that Laurie. Is completely insane and has been killing people all around Japan, and is taking on Michael Myers because she kept the mask, uh, which is, yeah. is how you keep this going. She's she's out there killing fucking everyone. Or the other way that you do it is in the most upsetting and vulgar way possible: is that when uh, Corey and Allison uh, were rooting, he rooted the evil into her, and she <laughs> she Aww. becomes Michael Myers, and she picks up the mask, <laughs> and she goes and. And people are like, how? She's like, I rooted Corey when he was the evil, and the evil came into me, and now I'm evil. And it's I was an, waiting it's an for STE, it. it's a sexually transmitted evil.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for some kind of like Godzilla, Michael Myers verse, Godzilla reference.
1: <laughs> yeah, everything is still like on the, the table. Idea
3: that you think that they would use the term rooting? Yeah. <laughs> like, that's. I rooted him. No, you didn't. You, you, you're American. You fucked him. <laughs> that's, that's Look, I mean. Jamie
1: Lee Curtis is in road game. She's been to Australia a little bit. Maybe Laurie Strode <laughs> would say rooted. You don't yeah, know.
3: Maybe. Do you reckon she'd come back for that one, the Japan one? Yeah. I mean,
1: she's having a career resurgence based off Halloween 2018. So if they were like, do you want a holiday in Japan and also your Laurie for a bit? She might be like, you yeah, right.
3: <laughs> yes. yeah, we'll get a stunt person to wear the outfit again. We'll bring back Nick Castle. I'd love. I'd love it
1: if they didn't actually... Tell her the script. They're just like, we promise Michael is dead in this one. We promise Michael Myers is dead in this one. And then she gets to Japan. They're like, yeah, it's your granddaughter, and she got fucked and turned evil. Ha ha! Too late. To <laughs> Signed the contract. We're out. Oh, I like, mean, she got that? rooted. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. She root, got rooted into being able. <laughs> evil. Roots evil <laughs> roots tonight. Evil
4: roots tonight.
1: Better oh, wow. Movie. There's this movie. movie. This is going off the rails. Universal, <laughs> you, I've given you 10 years of Halloween movies in one podcast episode. You'll be getting you, a call. You, better, you better ring me, mothers. Um, <laughs> wow. I think we, not only have we definitively decided that this movie has ended, we've also definitively decided that it hasn't and it never will. <laughs> and Michael Myers, he's gone, but they'll find a way. Or mm-hmm. they or they will continue on the idea that anyone could be Michael Myers and they'll do that for a couple of movies until people are like, Where's the fucking guy? Why is it just Randos in a white mask? Mm-hmm. What well, you know it'd be good? Have a meta one where like william shatner finally just cracks and he's like you want me to you want to fucking do it all right and then he puts on a mask of his own face and just starts killing people he's like can i be in a fucking movie again now please can you put me in the star trek reboots <laughs> you son of a bitch where's jj abrams i'm gonna go fucking stab him that motherfucker put Leonard nimoy in and not me come here just like him just stabbing everyone who won't cast him in movies anymore
2: god damn <laughs> that'd be great new halloween so
1: yeah that would be so good Halloween, the curse of TJ Hooker. This is
3: fucking incredible. <laughs> TJ Hooker reference. Wow, amazing. Yeah, you get it all on, on this podcast.
1: Certainly do. Oh, no, we're Give gonna get keep Heather,
3: Heather
0: Lockier on an episode or just to get her in a movie.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Heather can be in Heather can be in the William Shatner Halloween movie. Everyone's in. Everyone yeah. who Hollywood won't cast for some unknown reason, put him in, including like putting Josh Hartnett. Mm. as a way for him to come back.
3: No, he's, he's getting a bunch of Guy Richie pictures now.
1: Mm. Oh, is he? He was yeah, in. He's... I know he was in Penny Dreadful for a bit, wasn't he? Mm. He, kinda, he's great he got Dreadful, banished yeah. to TV land. No, he, oh, he was always great, and then suddenly someone just stopped letting him be the lead in movies, and I don't know why. He's still mm. awesome. Put yeah, Josh Hartnett in things, you bastards. Whoever's listening.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and Will I so... Shatner.
1: I sometimes see some Shatner. of those
3: actors,
0: uh, when they're young, um they've got that young, youthful look and it fits what they want for a storyline. And then all of a sudden, if they're not the best actor necessarily, they just don't get cast as a series. I think Hartnett also had
1: the same problem Leonardo DiCaprio had where he just stayed baby-faced into his like mid-40s. And it was like, you just you look so young and your facial hair hasn't grown in properly. So you you look young with bad facial. We don't know. What to, whereas Leonardo DiCaprio had the... The cachet and the the friends to be like, hey, Scorsese, can you just keep casting me until I age into myself? He also maybe Hartner didn't. Bit
3: more talent than Josh Hartnett. I mean, you
1: it's... bite your tongue. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe that's a factor. Right?
3: <laughs> yeah, one's got an Academy Award, the other one's on Penny Dreadful. Whatever.
1: I'm sure he got nominated for at least a couple of Emmys.
3: Yeah, well, it was a good show.
2: I feel like you're going to have that problem. You'll still look young in your 40s with your bad. Oh, I thought
1: you were going to say my problem would be getting too many Emmys. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have that problem. He's going to keep getting Emmys. Yeah. Yeah, another one. All right. They
3: give Emmys for podcasting, don't
1: they? Uh, they give, what are they called? Potties? There's oh, a, shut up. No, they don't. There's a podcast. Yeah, there's
3: podcast awards.
1: Yeah. There's podcast awards oh. and they might be called the potties or something like that. We
2: don't have one of them yet?
1: Because no, them this episode so hasn't been released yet and this episode will be the one that we put forward <laughs> for nomination and this episode will be the one that wins. Don't. And then in 15 years, they're like, you remember when in twenty twenty two we thought there was never gonna be any more Halloween films? And, been like and then that people. one podcast just like blew the universe open and now they're the best films ever.
2: Yeah, they're all written by by Angus.
1: All written by this one insane guy who's like, <laughs> wait, I got a great idea. And just
3: keeps Australian podcasters <laughs> done, done <laughs> ten years worth of movies.
1: Just written out the most insane spec scripts ever and keeps sending them to Jason <laughs> Blum despite Daily. repeated requests to stop.
2: <laughs> Every day.
1: His assistant's like, guess what? He's like, oh, fuck.
0: (laughs) As we wind up the podcast, are we going to give this movie a rating? Or are we just going to say, let's watch it one more time and think on it? Or Michelle's got her, her... 0.5. 0.5. I'm
2: not watching it again.
0: We
1: can give it a rating, but something I am curious no. about, I mean, Michelle can, can participate up to a point, but something I'm curious <laughs> about, with this being Halloween ends, not just like rating this film, I'm curious where we think this film sits in the, the yes. franchise of, of yes. Halloween. Yes. Because this is, this is the first time we've been told without mm. doubt, like, we're done. Um, every other time that we've been told, you know, he dies, it's never been like without a wink. This one is being given to us in sincerity. So, I mean, let's start with a rating, but I am also curious to see what we think, Halloween fans. Michelle, what is is your rating of Halloween ends out of five jack-o'-lanterns? What are you going to give this bad boy?
2: One jack-o'-lantern.
1: One Mm jack-o'-lantern. So you have almost nothing redeeming to say about this.
2: I enjoyed the opening scene and I enjoyed that it's over.
1: Wow. Do you think watching this on your phone impacted your viewing pleasure uh, somewhat? No, I don't. Okay. I thought, okay. See,
0: that's where I find that very, like.
1: Uh-oh, what's happening over here? He's leaving. He's so distraught. <laughs> He's done. There's, there's a pullback and reveal, and there's going to be, like, nine <laughs> bodies behind him. <laughs> I can't tell because of, like, that background there.
3: Sorry, I had to plug the, um, had to plug the computer in.
1: All right I thought you were pulling back to show something awful mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't tell if it's like if that's paneling or if that's like an unfinished warning's actually in a warehouse and he's crazy uh, um, cable what's, <laughs> what's your ranking uh, your rating your rating cable
0: rating I still think I-, I would like to see it again but I didn't hate it but I know I was confused by it and I can understand why people like Michelle hated it but I I, I didn't hate it like that I enjoyed the ride mm-hmm. um but yeah this, like all the things we discussed it's very interesting it's very different it's very i can't put my finger on there's so much going on but yeah it's a weird thing like it is set in modern day there is a little bit of tech but it feels like it's still like a town stuck in the 80s um you know there's all the different relationships and like me and reagan were talking about before some of the character motivations are a little bit Don't sort of, for me, sync to what we've seen in the first two movies. So I I don't know. And then Michelle said she read the novelization, which sort of fills in a lot more of the blanks potentially. So, well,
1: that's a good point. Before you go, mm -hmm. uh, what do you give the novelization out of five, Michelle?
2: (laughs) Oh, probably like a three jack o' lantern.
1: Wow. Wow. All right. That's That's a lot better than the movie. Huge jump in in ratings. All right. So, uh, sorry, Cable, to cut you off. Yeah.
0: So, look, I'll be. I don't want to go over the top, but I'll be a little bit generous. Uh, I'll say 3.5 Butcher Knives. Mm-hmm. Um, Out of jack moment, For the moment. But I think, and that's also, that sort of is also because I don't think it stacks up to Halloween 2018 in the original. Um, and Halloween Kills, while I've probably been harsh on that at times, I think I probably enjoy that more because it just, is a pure slash of flick and there's still a lot going on, but it's just like kill, kill, kill. And you don't have to think too much about it so much. But this one's definitely definitely something you would probably have to watch a second or third time to maybe better appreciate or realize more.
3: Yeah, it's complete shit. Um
0: Bear. Yeah,
1: yeah. Bear. Reagan, what do you what are you thinking?
3: Um, it's a shit ape. No, it's not. I, I, I actually, this conversation has been really good because it's made me look at it differently, and and in particular, the the, re- the realization that it's it's an '80s movie, um, and and that aesthetically it, it makes a little bit more sense to me now. If nothing else, but story wise, I think it does a disservice to legacy characters, Michael and Laurie in particular. That last wrap up, you know, the, the the last half of the third act is is just comes out of nowhere there's no preamble there's no lead up um i think the corey story is it could have been part of a bigger story that had more michael like i want more michael in my halloween pictures even though it is an interesting turn i I would watch a lot of them before i watch this one again like if you said to me you know which would you prefer to watch h2o or halloween ends i'm going h2o um if if you ask me, which is the better of the third films, it's *Season of the Witch*. I like *Season of the Witch* more than I like this. Um, yeah, I, I I would probably say I'll give it two jack o' lanterns, and it's one is for um, the cinematography because it really is they're beautifully shot. All of these incredible. Um, yeah, and 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 definitely um, uh, uh, the music as well. Um, you know, Carpenter's great, and I do like the the sort of pop music. Drop ins and stuff. It f- makes it feel very specific, um but everything else is story critically, which is always the first thing that I look for. There's, it's um, I have some problems. So yeah, just just the double jack o' lantern, pumpkiny heads. It's
1: it's better than where I thought we would be when we started this. I um Me too. I I think you you kind of hit on something there. Like it it doesn't quite nail. I don't think it quite. Nails being the end of a trilogy, but I think if you view Halloween and Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends as just three chapters of a story rather than like a an intentional arcing trilogy that was written to be one large story broken into three sections. It's just, here's another story about Michael Myers. Here's another story about Michael Myers. Kind of like a, a bastardized version of what John Carpenter intended when he got to Halloween 3. It was like, let's just tell Halloween movies. Let's not have the same guy. I feel like kind of part of what they did with this quote unquote trilogy. It's really they made three films. They're like, okay, in this version of of Halloween, here's, you know, what we're doing. She's crazy old lady who's like, you know, never gone over it. All right, cool. In the next story we're going to tell about these characters. Um, he's a fucking superhuman maniac who's just going to murder a whole town and not go down. Okay, great. Uh in this next story. We're just going to kind of like let them sit down for a bit and see what you know what they did to the rest of the town and and let that permeate a bit and then you know we'll bring them back at the end but we'll kind of look at everyone else we've seen those guys let's just and it it does feel like sections of uh moments in characters lives rather than a trilogy told start to finish and you can't really sit down and watch halloween halloween kills halloween ends as a trilogy and find any way to conceivably go oh yeah i I get it now i see you know at the end of halloween ends what they were setting up at the start of halloween 2018 because it's not it's it's just not but as independent films great and i think this film is independent film i'd probably uh, rate the same as cable and give it three and a half jack-o'-lanterns it I'm glad that they did something so different to, to finish things out with. I'm glad they didn't just like, cause we saw Halloween 2018 do the exact same thing as, as 1978. It is the same kind of story down to, you know, he's an escape mental patient again. He escapes from the asylum and goes on a killing spree. And Laurie has to try and protect people whilst running scared from this maniac. And it's all done. You know, it, we, we did it and it was great. So let's do something different. And I really appreciate how different they, they did this for. Like I said, I think it's a supremely interesting film. Both times I've watched it in the cinema, at no point was I bored. At no point was I asking any of the questions that I asked in the podcast. I I really, like I watched it and was just in it. And it wasn't until afterwards when I started talking to people that questions came up. When it was happening, I was like, this looks great. This sounds great. This is a really interesting film. It's not what I thought I was getting when I you know laid down my 15 bucks and sat down, but shit, I'm into it. So I think definitely, yeah, it's it's solid. Probably I think if I'm in the mood for a Halloween movie, it may not be, you know, in the top four or five that I reach for if I just like, oh, I just feel like a Halloween movie. But I certainly think in like if I'm reaching for a movie that I watched in the last five years that I really enjoyed, it will be pretty high up the list. Um, which is better than I can say for most of the recent entries into horror film franchises that have been carried on you now you can look to any of the other the big top slashes that they've started doing things with recently and I, I i'm probably not really interested in what they've done it's probably not interesting what they've done this is fucking interesting it's, it's absolutely undoubtedly interesting but ranking overall in the in the arc of time is this anyone's worst halloween movie michelle i know you haven't seen them all yet so it's you know we will take a grain of salt but of the ones you've seen is this worst is this above any of the, the halloween films you've seen
2: i think i'd have to re-watch resurrection first to answer that but yeah it's
1: probably resurrection
3: by... has buster rhymes in it so that answers mm. all the questions i love Busta
2: so you're rhymes.
1: saying it's it's on par with resurrection for you and you I would put so. resurrection lowest
2: no i think i would prefer to watch resurrection again
1: wow so you would you would say this is your worst halloween i movie. think so yeah worse than halloween resurrection and just for clarity so the ones you haven't seen it's halloween six
2: mm-hmm.
1: is that it i think so
2: is there so a- you've seen
1: h2o you've seen resurrection and the rob zombie ones have i've seen never Robin? seen the rob no yeah i mean they're not the same timeline I'm, really no. but then timelines are very strange just, in this universe exactly. so uh Regan, in in the arc of time. What do you, what do you think of Halloween ends?
3: So just the t- we're just talking about the um sort of Michael Myers prime stuff. Like because I would rate the one of the zombie ones as the, the worst.
1: No, I, I'd say any Halloween movie remakes, uh, yeah. retcons, zombies, all the
3: zombies. Halloween two is is it's cruel and. It's just about suffering, and it hates women in a way that is bewildering. It's it is it's it's a, a disgusting picture. It's a and tough. Would, hang that movie. I can't yeah, handle it. I would rather I would rather watch my own funeral again, like than watch that movie again. So yeah, I would I would watch that Halloween ends before before either of the zombies. Actually, I, I don't like either of
1: those. But you think it's the it's the worst or, or the least successful of the the Michael Myers prime, as you put it.
3: Yeah, I mean, probably resurrection is really bad um and and uh, number six is really bad only because it was cut to ribbons because donald plans has passed away so it's probably before those um if nothing else like i said before because it, it looks really good it's shot really well and stuff so that would probably be like sixes looks like it was shot on dv for crying out loud so yeah
1: such a shame what happened to that movie there's a lot a lot of promise in halloween six it's very disappointing
3: <laughs> is there though
1: I I I really I'm I'm a big believer. Hey, there is a Paul very Rudd good movie too. there. <laughs> uh,
3: As Paul, what's it? Thomas Rudd or
1: Simon? Yeah, Redding's... Paul Thomas. I uh, I think you might have been right, Paul Thomas Rudd. Yeah, yeah middle, the one and only time. Uh, Cable, what do you where Where are you putting this? Oh, in it's your... definitely not
0: the worst Halloween film. Um, I feel like most people sort of, yeah, you know, six like, Reagan said it's one of those movies, possibly had a little bit of potential, but producer interference. Well. There is a producer cut, which I th- I thought was definitely superior than the original theatrical cut. But yeah, it's a bit of fun, but it's it's not a good film. Uh, Resurrection's terrible. Um, I've never watched Halloween two. That's uh, the Rob, Rob Zombie version, because you warned me against. Made- I watched the first one and we talked that about that off air before you jumped on, and. Um, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of that at all. Some of the performances I was happy with, but overall the film i was just it's not necessary as a film. And so, yeah, I definitely think Halloween ends, while it might not be the greatest Halloween. Uh, what's the word I was thinking of? Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's not the worst Halloween film in existence. There's definitely a couple that should be down in that bottom of the pile. Yeah. Before this.
1: Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree that the zombie ones can go to the, the absolute bottom of the list um for me. Both of them I would put to the bottom of the list. I think they really miss the mark on absolute trash. On what this character is and what this story is and just what a movie like this is aiming to be. It seems like Rob Zombie was working out a lot of very deeply troubling things through this story when he did it. I I would put Halloween Ends above The Zombies, definitely above Resurrection. I would put it above uh, Six, although I do... Have a lot of and by default I have to put about five because I put six yeah. above five. I would put it above kills. I enjoyed it a lot more than kills as a movie. I, I sat down and watched it. Like I watched it and it was like, I want to see this again at the cinema. I watched kills and I was like, I don't know if I'll ever watch this again. And then I watched it again. And I was like, oh, okay, I think I I get it a bit more this time, but I still didn't have a lot. So I think it it sits pretty firmly in the middle for me. I mean, I think you know, one, two, three, four are all pretty Untouchable in my estimation, H2O sits pretty high and probably a lot of those nostalgia, but I do not give a fuck. Um, I think H2O is great. So this probably sits just below that for me. Maybe there's recency bias against. I do not care, but I I really, I really think it is a very enjoyable film. And it, you know, like I said, in a franchise where you don't really know what this franchise is, it doesn't have a core vibe that it's going off. It keeps changing and jumping and switching and resetting its timeline I I really enjoy how much they swung for the fences on this one in terms of like, we're just not going to give you a movie you've seen before with these characters. We refuse. We are going to show you something start to finish that is completely different up to and including the final face off. You know, it is it is such a bizarre final face off and I kind of love them for it. And that's, that's it. That's Halloween ends. It's ended. We did it. Uh, we it's done. Evil died tonight. Evil Wait, died. can
2: I ask a question? Did you enjoy this one more than Scream
1: 5? Yes. 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 Very, very much so. Um, For all the reasons I just said, like, I I really think it it tried its hardest to really throw something different at us. And it knew exactly what it wanted to be. Whether or not it was what we wanted it to be is not... And it's funny, we keep talking about it, like it's the third one and people keep referencing Halloween 3 and and how it's, you know, like I said, the font is the same. And you said as a third one, if you were going to watch Halloween 3 or this, you'd watch Halloween 3. But I think Halloween 3 wasn't what people wanted, but that wasn't Halloween 3's fault. Halloween 3 was exactly the film it intended to be. And when the time it was made, it was meant to be the first of an ongoing series of Halloween movies with no Michael Myers. This may not be the film people want it to be, but right now it is the film that the filmmakers intended to end this series. Michael yes. Myers is dead. This is how they did it. It's done. In a year, when we're back podcasting about the newly announced Halloween movie that comes on, <laughs> yeah. we can talk about all the reasons that we were wrong, but right now it's, you mean it's done.
3: Back and you're not on the podcast because you're living it up in, in Los, <laughs> you know Los Angeles as a screenwriter on all of the Halloween movies ever. Yeah.
1: You guys can re- read out the DM I sent. It's like, so sorry, guys. Love to be back on, but just don't have the time. Um, but have a great, great <laughs> time. And uh, let me know what you think of the new film. I'll send you guys some free tickets. <laughs> From my And manager. then I'll just put a photo of me. Yeah, like I was going to say, Angus Brown, Blumhouse Productions. Yeah. 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 yeah, me and Jamie Lee Curtis and Jason Blum, just like arm in arm, be like, hey, <laughs> just sitting in a giant pile of money. <laughs> That's that's in front of a big
3: thing of gold ball And
0: is that when you sort of have a photo with like Daniel Harris and Scout and pretend you don't like know who they are or you've got no awareness <laughs> of who they are?
1: Yeah, it's just a photo of me arm in arm with Jason Blum. And then the next photo is just me legging it down the street with Rob Zombie coming after me. <laughs> <laughs> like shaking his fist.
3: He's a tiny little fellow. You could, you could take him easy.
1: Oh, okay, sure. I feel so much better. Yeah, that's, that's great. You're and welcome. he'll, um, he'll sick his, uh, his coterie of, uh, I don't know what you would call those crew of people. Who Hellbillies. Hellbillies. That's the word. Great. But until then, um, this has been a delight. Regan, thank you. Lovely to have you on. This is a lot of fun. It was great to have you here. What a thank brilliant you. balance you brought to the, uh, the fanaticism that I raved about to Michelle's nonchalance <laughs> and you, you bring in a, a willingness to, to, to come along with us on the ride. It was delightful. Mm.
3: I'm happy to happy to be here and happy to learn and yeah thanks so much it was a, it was a real blast I'm I'm um I enjoyed it very much
1: sensational uh, sorry Sean
2: me. you've been um replaced
3: oh no I don't have that beautiful docile yeah. tones of the man himself the big yin <laughs> I can't uh, I can't beat
1: all right bring us home, cable well I was
3: just going to say
1: just
0: remember not all
1: sequels suck
2: Ooh.
3: what's the song you always cue to you
2: hear the swing by Everclear there you go Michelle what <laughs> to say it.
1: Amazing, Great. <laughs> Q Don't Fear the Reaper by whoever yeah. the fuck is. <laughs> A
3: shitty version of it that yeah.
2: isn't
0: the yeah, It's not,
1: it's not Blue Oyster Cult, is it? It's some... I remember the second time I sat around and watched all the credits, I'm like, this isn't Blue Oyster Cult. Who is this? The seasons don't
4: fear the Reaper, nor do the wind the the rain.